This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash, hmm, you can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags. You are faithful. You are blessed. Recorded It's a part of the package. Now, Mary could have stayed focused on the burden, tried to prove to people that she was faithful, tried to protect her reputation, lived stressed out. She didn't do that. She accepted the burden as a part of God's plan. She knew with this big burden comes a big blessing. Here's the whole key. She was okay with it. She didn't get upset. She didn't live worried. She stayed in peace, kept doing the right thing, running her race, and God brought the promise to pass. But Mary's life would have been a lot easier if the angel had not appeared to her. She wouldn't have had to deal with the opposition, the ridicule, the stress, but she would have never reached the fullness of her destiny. Sometimes God will ask us to do things that are difficult. It's much easier to stay in our comfort zone, you know, play it safe, but God loves you too much to let you miss your destiny. He's saying today, you are highly favored. I'm going to take you further than you can imagine. I'm going to open doors that no man can shut. Now, you can handle the blessing. That's easy. The question is, can you handle the burden? Will you do like Mary and keep a good attitude, knowing that that difficulty is a part of the package? Will you keep yourself encouraged and not be frustrated by the process? What's interesting is Mary never asked to have this baby. She never prayed that... She would be the one to carry Jesus. She was not looking for fame, for notoriety. She was happy with who she was. She was about to get married, making wedding plans, calling her girlfriend. It was one of the most exciting times of her life. Right in the middle, she was interrupted. Her plans were put on hold. Now she has to tell friends and family members, something's come up, the wedding is off. It went from being a very celebratory, exciting time to being a very stressful, discouraging time. But you never read where Mary complained. She never said, God, why is this happening to me? At one point, it almost seemed like the burden was bigger than the blessing. She's having a baby, but nobody knows who the child is. They didn't hear the angel. All they know is this young girl is supposed to be a virgin but now she's pregnant. She's about to have a child. That said one thing to them. She's not telling the truth. She hasn't been faithful. It was a heavy burden to carry. Having your reputation tarnished. Having your wedding called off. Having to make excuses to family, friends, your fiancé. It was embarrassing, humiliating. It would have been different if Mary would have prayed, God, please let me have this baby. But she didn't do that. The reason God chose Mary is because he knew he could trust her. He knew she would carry that burden with a good attitude, without complaining, without having a chip on her shoulder. As God was searching for who it would be, no doubt he came across other ladies and this one and this one. 
But when he came to Mary, he said, there's somebody I can count on to be uncomfortable for a season to carry out my purpose. There's somebody I can trust to not understand what I'm doing, to have her plans interrupted, to have her life not make sense temporarily so I can bring about the Messiah. We talk a lot about us trusting God and believing that He's in control. That's important. But my question today is, can God trust you? Can He count on you to be uncomfortable for a season, to go through things you don't understand, to have it take longer than you thought, yet you still have an attitude of faith, you still have a smile on your face, you still come to church, you're still good to other people? Like Job, your attitude is, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. The burdens you have to carry, the child that's difficult to raise, the trouble at work. When God laid out the plan for mankind, he passed over this one and another and another. When he came to you, he said, like Mary, I can trust them. I know what they're made of. They're not weak. They're not complainers. They don't try to figure everything out. I can count on them to bring about my purpose. When you face difficulties, the burden seems heavy, you didn't ask for it, keep the right perspective. It's because God can trust you. Well, Joel, why am I having to raise this child this hard? This is not what I had planned in life. Do you know how many people God passed over before he got to you? He chose you because you can handle it. You're strong. You're tenacious. You're filled with can-do power. Other people would have given up. Complainers would have gotten bitter. Some would have a chip on their shoulder. But God looked at you and said, I can count on them. Put your shoulders back. Hold your head up high. If it was easy, anybody would do it. If you were ordinary, you wouldn't have an extraordinary challenge. If you were average, you wouldn't be facing Goliath. The reason the burden is so big is because you are big. You're a giant killer. You're a history maker. You are destined to leave your mark on this generation. For 17 years, I worked behind the scenes at Lakewood doing the television production. When my father went to be with the Lord in 1999, even though I'd never ministered before, I knew I was supposed to step up and pastor the church. I didn't ask for it, but I couldn't get away from it. I felt it so strongly. So I started ministering most weekends. And it was difficult enough learning how to prepare a message and getting up in front of people. In one sense, I was comfortable knowing that most everybody at the church was very behind me. They loved my parents, very loyal. When I'd get up to speak, they'd cheer and cheer. But we never dreamed the church would grow. People started watching all over on television. and Networks put the program on. In a few years, I looked up and everybody wasn't cheering me on. Critics had come out of the woodwork and opposition. People writing articles saying we were anything but good. I thought, God, this is not what I signed up for. I was minding my own business, happy behind the scenes when nobody knew my name. That was a lot easier, less stressful. Now I had these bigger burdens to deal with. Over the years, I had learned to trust God and believe that He's in control. I realize now, and I say this humbly just to make this point, God chose me not just because I trusted Him, but because He could trust me. And so when you face tough times and things you don't understand, the pressure seems strong, remember, that's not random. 
God chose you because He knows you have what it takes. He knows you're not average. He passed over people with less faith, less strength, less tenacity. He chose you on purpose. He knew when the going got tough, you'd get going. He knew when it was all said and done, you'd still be standing strong. He knew you wouldn't let the critics talk you out of it. He knew you would have a merry spirit, a spirit that said, I may not understand it. It may not seem fair. I may be uncomfortable, but bring it on. Let it happen. I am well able. God, I not only trust you, but you can trust me. Our attitude should be, God, you can trust me to stay faithful when I don't feel like it. You can trust me to do the right thing when the wrong thing is happening. You can trust me like Paul and Silas to sing praises in a midnight hour. You can trust me like Esther to not compromise even though my life's on the line. You can trust me like David to face Goliath without fear. You can trust me like Abraham and Sarah to believe even when it seems impossible. Now I know today I'm looking at people that not only trust God, but can I tell you, God can trust you. He handpicked you, given you grace for every season, strength for every battle. And sometimes when the burden seems heavy, you didn't ask for it, doesn't seem fair, you have to keep reminding yourself the reason it's you and not somebody else is because God can count on you. You have what it takes. Now I've learned the bigger the burden, the bigger the blessing. Like Mary, people may be making fun, making light, but don't worry, your time is coming. The baby is on route. The promise is headed your way. When you give birth to that promise, you're going to forget all about the burden. The blessing God has come in your way will far overshadow anything that you've been through. Looking back in my own life now, 16 years later, having outlasted the critics, overcome the opposition, seeing God promote, establish, take me where I've never dreamed, I can tell you firsthand, it was well worth it. The blessing, the joy, the fulfillment that comes from simply staying faithful, enduring hardship, passing the test is more rewarding than you can imagine. You'll be able to say like Paul, these light afflictions were for a moment, but they worked in me an eternal weight of glory. If Mary were here today, she would tell you it was a heavy burden to carry the Messiah, but it was well worth it. The burdens you're having to endure. One day you'll look back and say, I wouldn't change a thing. I didn't like it. I was uncomfortable, but God used it to propel me into my destiny. Yes, it was a heavy burden, but it brought me into a heavy blessing. This is what happened with David. He was anointed to be the next king of Israel, chosen by the prophet Samuel to lead God's people. He went out and defeated Goliath and overnight became a national hero. He was highly favored, but with that big blessing came his share of burdens. King Saul was jealous of him, spent months chasing David through the desert trying to kill him. David could have said, God, I thought you anointed me to be king. You didn't tell me with this blessing came this burden. You didn't tell me that even though I was doing the right thing, this man that's supposed to be my friend would make it his life mission to try to keep me off the throne. That was all a part of God's plan. God handpicked David because he knew he could trust him. Other people would have gotten bitter, discouraged, tried to take revenge. Not David. 
He wasn't a complainer. He knew he had grace for every season. He kept doing the right thing. And at the right time, God took care of Saul and David took the throne. It's easy to handle the blessing. We love giving birth to the dream. We love taking the throne. But God is looking for people who can not only handle the blessing, but who can handle the burden. People who won't give up because they had a bad break. They came down with an illness. The business didn't make it. You wouldn't have that opposition if you weren't highly favored. That Saul wouldn't be trying to stop you if you didn't have royalty in your blood. The enemy wouldn't be working overtime if you weren't about to take the throne. Don't get discouraged by the burden. Keep doing the right thing. The blessing is coming. The baby's coming. The promise is coming. The health is coming. The victory is on the way. Here's what I'm saying. I know God can trust you with the blessing. Make sure he can trust you with the burden. Paul said this, a wide door of opportunity is open to me, and there are many adversaries. With every wide door, there will be plenty of opposition. Instead of being discouraged by it, you can be encouraged knowing that that's a sign that new doors are opening, breakthroughs are headed your way, favor is in your future. Our attitude should be, I am in it to win it. I am not going to get discouraged because it's taken longer than I thought. I'm not going to give up because people have come against me. I'm not going to live frustrated because I'm disappointed. I'm lonely. I've had some tough times. Though I know I've been armed with strength for this battle. I know the forces that are for me are greater than the forces that are against me. Like Mary, you may be carrying a burden that you didn't ask for. Remember, it's because God can trust you. Keep the right perspective. You are highly favored. Your time is coming. The burden you're having to endure is going to pale in comparison to the blessing God is about to release. I believe and declare you're going to give birth to promises that are going to take you further than you've imagined. God is going to propel you where you could not go on your own. Like David, you're going to outlast the opposition, take your throne, and become everything God's created you to be. In Jesus' name, if you receive it today, can you say amen? We never like to close our broadcast without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Would you pray with me? Just say, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. Friends, if you prayed that simple prayer, we believe you got born again. Get in a good Bible-based church. Keep God first place. He's going to take you where you've never dreamed. As a thank you for your support of our ministry this month, Joel and Victoria would like to send you a copy of Joel's new three-message series, Victory in the Storm. You'll learn you don't have to stay stuck in defeat when the winds and storms come. You have the power to stay strong, regardless of what comes against you. Request your copy of Victory in the Storm today at joelosteen.com or call 800-565-0772. In difficult times, we don't have to get upset. We can stay in peace, knowing that God promised all things are going to work out for our good. That difficulty is not going to defeat you. It's going to promote you. Request this resource. It will help you live the victorious life that belongs to you. Eleven years ago, we were trying to add another child to our family. 
We soon found out that my wife had some medical issues. What we've learned through this ministry is that God is the God of the impossible. Not only is my wife healed, and we were able to add a little baby girl to our family, but just recently, we've added a baby boy. Your support is changing lives. Thank you so much for your prayer and your generosity. If you'd like to partner with us to take hope around the world, we'd love to have you do it. Go to the website and find out how. Victoria and I pray for you and your family every day. 2017 is going to be a blessed year for you. Keep believing. Keep expecting. We just declare right now you're going to have a blessed, prosperous week. We love you very much. Until next time, God bless you. Tune in tomorrow morning for another broadcast of Wake Up to Hope with Joel and Victoria right here only on TBS. God is speaking to you. Can you hear him? He wants to sit and talk with you, especially if you're in a bed of pain. He wants to talk with you. He wants to be that type of friend. God's word promises us, my sheep hear my voice. The answers you need, the direction you seek, the wisdom you desire, all come when you hear and discern the voice of God. TBN wants to help you tune to God's frequency. So, in appreciation for your support this month, we'll send you Robert Morris's new seven-part series titled Frequency. Tune in. Hear God. Why would we think that God would send His Spirit to dwell within us and yet make Him mute? And in gratitude for your special gift of $125 or more, we'll send you the complete Frequency Collection, which includes the CDs, the hardcover edition of this best-selling book, and the entire Frequency series on DVD. In Frequency, Robert Morris clears away the fog of myths, misconceptions, and mysteries surrounding hearing the voice of God. As you journey through these powerful resources, you'll discover the secrets to having richer communication with God, how to cultivate friendship with God, how to discern the difference between your own thoughts, the voice of the enemy, and the voice of the Lord, and much more. And for a limited time, we'll also send you Priscilla Shire's insightful book, Discerning the Voice of God, How to Recognize When God is Speaking. Call 800-201-5200 or go securely online to tvn.org slash giving to share a gift of support and request your copy of Frequency on CD. Or for your special gift of $125 or more, receive the complete Frequency Collection. Plus, we'll include Priscilla Shire's book, Discerning the Voice of God. You can and you will hear God's voice. Call, click, or write today. Sunday on TBN. An ailing King David makes his son Solomon king of Israel. But Solomon, a once wise and great ruler, breaks his covenant with God and ushers in the destruction of his reign. Solomon, TBN Sunday. You're watching TBN, celebrating 43 years of God's miracles. The following paid program is sponsored by the friends and partners of Joseph Prince Ministries. Today with Joseph Prince. Jesus is the brightness of God's glory. You want to see God? Look at Jesus. He is the brightness, the outraying of God's glory. You cannot look at God's glory anymore. You can look at God's created glory, all right, the sun. And it's only created. But can your eye look at the sun for some time? No, no way. 
Amen. But Jesus came, became visible, and he was the outreign of God's glory. about blinded by rage. Have you ever, ever, ever gotten so angry that you just went blind? You just flipped out, lost control, said things you didn't mean to say, did things you didn't mean to say. Sometimes you're ashamed and embarrassed afterward. Blinded by rage. Sometimes you can be angry inside at yourself, not even know it. Your emotions are fighting you. You have no peace. You're tossing and turning. You're biting on the pillow you ought to be sleeping on. I'm going to help you with that rage today, how to manage it, how to rule it, and how to get all things, as the Bible said, up under your feet. Check it out. We're going to the Word of God. Come on. Go with me. born out of domestic violence, whether that violence is expressed or not expressed. One of them is physical rage. The other one is verbal rage. And the third one is emotional rage. Physical rage, verbal rage, and emotional rage. Now, some of them are obvious. Physical rage, control issues, tantrums of the soul. Physical rage, there you are, 30 years old, having a tantrum, breaking up something you paid for. Got to pay for it again. Tore up all kinds of stuff in your house, in front of your child, that you chastised for acting like that, not recognizing that he's imitating your behavior. You're trying to teach young people to have to respect authority while you abuse their mother or their father. And the child cannot figure out how to process rage without looking at the example you set. Because we learn from the environment we're in. Now, my family is, is a boisterous family. My wife's family, uh, you have to take their pulse to know they're breathing. When our families got together for dinner for the first time, it was like Jekyll was sitting on one side and Hyde was sitting on the other. Because my family, when we get excited about anything, we look like we're going to kill each other. Here's my sister right here with the pink on. And when we get to talking, and if you would just, if you couldn't hear what we were saying, you would think it was going to be domestic violence, and we could be having a good time. Shut your mouth. You crazy. Get up. What? That's how we do it. Her family walked in, they thought. Mama didn't tell us to do it like that. That's how they did it. So we learned how to express the same feelings that her family has, and they're sitting up there talking about, that's interesting. We're talking about the same thing. We're having the same feelings, but how we express it is how we saw it. So whatever example you put up, the benchmark you put up in front of your kids is the benchmark they're going to emulate. So if they see daddy having a tantrum, don't expect him to sit calm in class, in school, or anywhere else. And by the way, expect your daughter 
to marry somebody who treats her like you treated her mother. And don't go running out the house with a gun after him unless you're going to point it at yourself because you did it. going to be rough. I told you that. I didn't want to do this when you told me to do this because I knew they were going to sit there and look at me like this. I want to talk about verbal rage. Verbal rage isn't necessarily just cursing and it's not necessarily screaming. It's the things that you know will hurt me and you say them to hurt me. Stripping me of my dignity, stripping me of my pride, going where you're not supposed to go, stripping the person of self-respect, verbal rage. In a moment of transparency, I open up and expose my vulnerability, and in a moment of anger, you use what I exposed against me. Oh, it's quiet. You belittle the one God called you to build up. Even if you have no spouse, this will help you. This will help you with your kids, it'll help you with your grandkids, it'll help you with your neighbors, and it may help you with what went wrong. Because we all have our weapons. Silence is as much a weapon as being loud is. Verbal abuse. I don't have to curse you to tell you you're fat and you're ugly and you always have been ugly and you're just a big hat wearing ugly. You think those words don't have power? It's funny when I say it in a joking sense, but when it comes from the mouth of somebody I have given my all to, you think those words don't have power? You think those words won't stay longer than you? Outlive you, outlast you. Then there's emotional rage. And this this is what I slipped into. This is a result of not finding a way to communicate what you're frustrated about. Emotional rage is where you lock down emotionally. I know you need it. I even have it. But because I have shut down what I'm angry about, I have also shut down what I would love to give you. Because the problem with the locked door is nothing gets out. So when you don't communicate, nothing comes out. Even positive things don't come out. So you have emotional rage. Emotional rage leads to emotional abandonment. This is what women don't understand about men. He can come home every night, and he has left you three years ago. Just because our bodies come home doesn't mean that our emotions come home. Emotional abandonment is trauma, especially to somebody who breathes in the air of your affection. Asphyxiated by your silence, asphyxiated because it's been years since you touched me or held me or laughed at me without warning anything back, just just making me feel safe and secure. And maybe you didn't beat them, and maybe you didn't cuss them, you just denied them. Ecclesiastes 7 and 9 says something I want you to consider. 
Ecclesiastes 7 and 9. Be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry. Don't be quick to be angry. Don't let that be your default mechanism where you quickly become angry and hostile. Don't be quick in your spirit to think evil. Quick in your spirit to get revenge. Quick in your spirit to go vent on somebody. Quick, quick. You don't even have all the facts. You heard I thought you didn't even ask the other person. Shut up. You don't know yet. Don't be quick to be angry. Be not hasty in my spirit to be angry. This is what you got to get for anger. Rest it in the bosom of fools. Anger. Rest it in the bosom of fools. God said if you are a person that can get angry and stay angry, God said you're a fool. Anger. Rest it in the bosom of fools. First time I read that scripture, I closed the Bible and went to bed. I thought, okay, that's enough. Thank you, Jesus. Anger resteth in the bosom of fools. How could you be angry longer than the incident lasted? You've been angry three years over something that took three minutes. Some of you have been living with somebody you've been angry with for the last ten years. They haven't seen you. They haven't seen you. Your love, your compassion, your creativity, your thoughtfulness, they have not seen who they married. They may not even divorce who they married. They may look like the person you married. Haven't seen them for 10 years. Because anger has rested in the the bosom of fools. One of the hardest things to get out is a hard thing. A hard thing is hard to get out. It's hard to get out because it always has reasons. It always justifies itself. It carries a license. I have a reason to be like this. My father was like this. I have a reason to be like this. He cheated on me. I have a reason to be like this. She left me. I have a reason to be like this. She doesn't love me. I have a re- it has a reason. It has a reason. It has a reason. It has a reason. It has a license. When everything has a license, you can't confiscate the weapon because you've given it a license. Emotions don't come with the manual. I have a very unique role in life. Very few pastors have one foot in the leadership of the church and their other foot in the leadership of entrepreneurship, businesses, and government officials. I want to bring both feet into our International Pastors and Leadership Conference and help you and your staff to develop your vision. Whether you are in business or whether you are in faith, I've got a foot on it and I've got something to share with you that will make you better. Am I helping anybody? I want to go to the scripture. Let's go to the scripture. Go to Genesis 49, 5 through 7. 
Now the father is about to die, and he's talking to his sons, and he's gathered them around the bed. Most of them he gave different kinds of blessings. But when he came to Simeon and Levi, he said, Simeon and Levi are brethren, instruments of cruelty. Instruments of cruelty are in their habitation. Oh, my soul, come not thou into their secret, unto their assembly. Mine honor be thou united, for in their anger they slew a man, and in their self-will they dig down a wall. Because they were angry, the people got killed, and because you were self-will, they dug down a wall. Your stubbornness is tearing down walls and has affected more people than you. Cursed be their anger. For it was fierce, and their wrath, for it was cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. One of the things he's upset with Simeon and Levi about is because when the men of Shechem raped Dinah, Simeon and Levi went against their father, contrived to get even, talked the men into being circumcised, and then destroyed them while they were bleeding. Have you ever killed somebody while they were bleeding? Caught them down and took advantage of them. Knew they needed you and you attacked them. Set them up for the kill. Cursed be their anger. Now they're old men, they're grown men, and the old man is getting ready to die, and they are still cursed. They miss their blessing because of their anger. How many blessings have you lost? Because of your anger. How many jobs have you lost because of your anger? How many women have you lost because of your anger? How many good men have you drawn away because of your anger? My God, look at your kids. Did your anger have something to do with the outcome in that house? Cast it be their anger. Somebody holler, cast it be their anger. the end of a thing. He didn't cuss their anger. He cursed their anger. Cursed be their anger. Cursed when your curse speaks to an end of a thing. You will not end well because of your anger. See, cursed be their anger. Anger resteth in the bosom of fools. Cursed be their anger. Are you losing things because you are still angry? Some of you are angry at people who are dead. You're angry at people who have moved away. You're angry at people who are locked up in jail. And you, but the curse is on you. Which brings me to my next great point. Anger kills its landlord. Anger kills its landlord. Numbers 29 through 12. And Moses took the rod from before the Lord, and he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock, and he said unto them, Here now, ye rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hands, and with his rod he smote the rock twice. And the waters came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beasts also. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, because she believed me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel. Therefore, ye shall not bring this congregation into the land which I swear I had given you. And Moses died in the wilderness because he was angry. Anger kills 
its landlord. Was Moses gifted? Absolutely. Was Moses chosen? Absolutely. But all of his life, Moses had an anger problem. All of his life. Maybe it's because of his unsettled childhood. Maybe it's because of something that happened in the palace. I don't know. I don't know all of his details. But I do know that Moses got into stuff that he didn't need to get into, and it always messed him up. He jumped in a fight between the Hebrews and the Egyptians and ended up murdering a man and had to flee the palace. And it delayed him 40 years from his assignment because he was a hothead. He was right about the conflict between them, but angry people, when anger controls, you can be right about the point, but wrong about the method. And anytime you're right wrong, it delays you. Right, wrong, right, wrong. I'm right, but I'm wrong. I'm wrong, but I'm right. And all of a sudden, I spent 40 years. How old are you? I spent 40 years delayed because anger kills its landlord. And there, after 40 years, it took him 40 years to calm down enough to hear God again. And then God shows up to the angry man in a burning bush. God said, you think you got fire? I got fire. Moses, Moses, take off your shoes. For the ground you stand on is holy ground. And all of a sudden, Moses reassumes his assignment and he does good to down to the end of the next 40 years. And then that old devil comes back and knocks at the door and says, see, we all have a devil to fight, a particular devil to fight. And Moses is frustrated and Moses is tired. He's had moments of weakness, moments where he even argued with God. Moses would get up in God's face and say, they're not my people, they're your people. He'd had moments of anger, but he'd overcome them. But the big one came because he was tired of dealing with thirsty people. They kept needing more from him, and he felt limited. He was tired. Be careful of when you're tired. Be careful of when you're tired. And he had been with God. He'd just come from being with God. And he comes right out there and runs into frustration and smites the rock twice. How could you just come out of the presence of God and go crazy? I know. How could you shout all over the church and fuss at people in the parking lot? Catch me, I'm slain in the spirit. After 120 years, he gets up to it. He sees it, but he never gets to go into it. took him 120 years to get to Mount Nemo. And he could only look at it. He could not go in. Because anger kills his landlord. How do I kill it? It begins with admitting that you have it in all of its forms that it hides in, in your silence, in your emotional emptiness, 
all of that is different forms of your anger and your depression and your lethargy added to all of those different forms of your anger. You gotta admit it. I'm angry. And once you admit it, you have got to be able to talk. You won't die from being vulnerable. You will die from being angry. Go get what the devil is trying to steal from you. Get it back if you have to cry, if you have to crawl, if you have to humble yourself, get it back. It is not about their reaction to you. It is about your freedom of awareness of who you are. Whatever they do back, it don't make any difference. You are you. You are free. Now, you can be angry and come to church. And you can be angry and sing in the choir. And you can be angry and pass in the church. And you can be angry and preach. You can be angry and sing. You can be angry and praise the Lord. The Bible said, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. But you cannot be angry and worship. And it may be the reason that you don't enjoy worship is that worship requires that you open up. And you've been closed so long on the inside that you really don't know. When was the last time you got in the presence of God and worshiped God till tears were running down your face? When was the last time you got lost in the presence of God till the Holy Spirit was able to touch your soul, not your image, but God was able to touch your soul? When was the last time that you got in His presence and you lost all track of time because you were alone with God? When was the last time that you opened up your heart and deep calls on the deep as the noise of my water spouts, oh God, I bless, as the deer passes at the water brook, so pass I after thee, oh God. When was the last time that you just lifted your hands and you were a friend to expose your heart with all of its yings and all of its yangs and all of its issues, but you said, just as I am without one plea, but then thy blood was shed for me, O Lamb of God, I come to thee. When was the last time that your heart escaped the clutches of your anger and you were free to lift your hand and open your mouth and glorify God? When was the last time that your soul escaped out of the snare of the power? some of you that are mad at your fathers and your fathers are dead or gone or drunk or high or strung out or in jail. Some of you are mad at your mother. Some of you learned that rage from your mother. Your mother got a mouth and you got a mouth just like her. Some of you are angry over people who broke you and hurt you and you don't realize that the people who broke you and hurt you and let you down were broken and hurt and let down too. I want to invite you, without routine, without ceremony, to lift your hands and, and try to open your heart. I know the hinge is rusty. To open your heart and let the light of the Holy Spirit illuminate the eyes of your understanding. That your soul might be enlightened. I feel like God gave me this message. I feel like God gave me this message. I don't even know who it was for, but I, I, I feel pregnant with this message. I feel like this message is important. I feel like this message may stop a gun from going off. I feel like this message might stop a life from being destroyed. I feel like this message is God's final attempt to snatch somebody out of the fire. 
out of time. I've got to stop there, but it's been a real joy to share the word of the Lord with you. I'm excited about us getting control on the inside. You can't get control on the outside if you don't have control on the inside. Peace be unto you is one of the things Jesus said over and over and over again. You cannot have peace and rage at the same time. So I want you to think about that. I want you to pray about that. And there's one other thing I want to challenge you to do. This ministry is doing some great things, things I'm proud of, changing the lives of people around the world in substantive ways. We're introducing Jesus Christ. We're transforming the hearts of men. But we're also giving clean water to people who have no water, helping people to build homes in rural areas who don't have a house or place to stay. We've been first responders on the ground when things were crazy, hurricanes, tornadoes, tragedies. We've been in the hood and the neighborhood making a difference. I really wish you would think about being a part of what we call Global Partner Systems, GPS. Through the partnership, we are able to change lives. So listen, hit me up at tdjakespartners.org, and God will bless you as you partner with me. The three things everybody needs in order to survive is food, shelter, and clean water. But for some, those can be hard to come by. The Global Partner System Initiative was created to help us reach every nation. Through our international humanitarian outreach, MegaCare, we provide food, clothes, clean water, and medicine to areas around the world. Visit tdjpartners.org to become a part of our global partner system. God knows who he is, and he has the courage to be himself when others are not. For your gift to the ministry of any size, you will receive a brighter day on CD from Bishop Jake's illuminating series, Walk On. If you admit I can't see as good as I would like, God said I'll give a second touch, but I will only give it to an honest man. And when your gift is $70 or more, you will receive our three-message series, Walk On on DVD, and an audio form of the series on a USB thumb drive. How could I believe so much in God and be going through what I'm going through? When you are so good at believing in God, but you are so bad at believing in you. However, when your gift is $140 or more, you'll receive the Walk-On 3-Message DVD series, Audio USB Drive, Bishop Jake's best-selling book, Instinct, and your very own Miracle Journal, Miracles Still Happen greeting cards, even during dark times. Walk-On. Brighter days are ahead. You know, when you think about Megafest, it's not exactly a conference. Uh, it's not exactly Disneyland. It's kind of like a hybrid. You've got faith. You've got empowerment sessions for business people. You've got first-time, first-seen movies, comedy shows, drama, dance. You say, why do it? I say, why not? Whatever you need, whatever will send you home better, revive spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, it's here. It's now. Meet me at Megafest. How can you defend yourself when your enemy is higher than you? You cannot build a great church with depressed people. Give me a strategy! I'm getting ready to come up with the Canaan, and I got to fight to take over Jericho. But in spite of our position, if I had a strategy, I could bring them down. Give me a strategy! Feel free to reach out to us on social media and share your story of how God is impacting your life. We look forward to seeing you next time on The Potter's Dump.
Daystar presents a son eager to strike out on his own. And I know that it's your dream to have me stay and work on this farm, but it's not mine. A father with no choice but to trust in the Lord. When was the last time you heard from your son? And the hard-learned lessons that bring them back together. Tune in for the modern-day prodigal son story. A long way off. Daystar's Movie of the Week. Let prayer and meditation lead your journey. Reflections. Daily. On Daystar. Yeah. 
Hallelujah. Enjoy Stingray music free on your mobile.
Mobile. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Good morning. Yo, what up, dude? How are you? I'm here trying to make a one trying to make a last day. Been under a little weather. Mm, you still feeling sick? Oh yes, this nine this final for this stuff in this chest and the uh don't look like the antibiotics doing no good. Go to health food store and get you some colloidal silver. Somebody open up in prayer. What? Somebody open up in prayer. Oh, well, you know whose job that is. Whose job is that? It could be yours. Richardson? Uh-uh, come on now. That's your job. You got to go and call it down first. It's so fantastic at it. Oh, here. What you say, man? I said we waiting on you, sir. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> you must grace us, Heavenly Father. It's once again, Lord God, that we come before your throne of grace and mercy, Lord God, to seek your face, Lord God, to seek your will, your divine will over our lives, your divine will over this call, to seek you for guidance, directions, instructions on how to go through our day. Father God, we thank you, Lord God, for the new opportunity to worship and praise you all in your righteous name. I thank you, Heavenly Father, that you have given us, Lord, the privilege of prayer that we can come and make our requests known unto you, 
for, God. And I have faith that know that anything that we ask for in the name of Jesus and believe in our hearts, we shall have. Oh, Father God, we thank you for the newness of this hour, this day, Lord God. We thank you for the newness of this worship, my experience, Lord God. I thank you, oh God, for my brother and my sisters and all those who are on this call, Lord God, who will be coming on this call, that they come to praise your name, to lift your name on high, to glorify you and edify you, and to own you as their God, Father God, as you have owned us as your children. Father God, we ask you to cover us and keep us protected throughout this day. Father God, my sister just said she come to pray for our job, Lord God. We ask in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that you will send an increase, an influx of financial, um, uh, financial needs, uh, Lord God, to help our job operate, Lord God, so that our school may go up on the sheet to operate in the way that you have for to go. We ask, Lord God, to continue to do this, Lord God, so that finances can be met, Lord God, so she's working between two jobs right now, Lord God. Father, we have to make our own food. Father God, we ask you to bless her, keep her, and cover her, Lord God. Give her the provisions that we have all been assigned to her name. You say, leave the needs up for you. And so, Father God, let her receive them. Let her receive them all the floor of your blessings right now. Father God, I ask you to just stand right now in the name of Jesus. And even as we get ready to speak the word, Lord God, that he would speak that which we have given to him from the heavens, Lord God. We ask you, the Lord God, to see your Holy Spirit down, Lord God, into our minds, into our bodies, into our souls, into our homes, into our finances, into our land, Lord God. Father God, I lift up Marie right now. Maria, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that even though she's on her bed of affliction, Lord God, you are able to heal, you are able to deliver, you are able to set free, Lord God, you are able to cause whatever it is in our body, to cease and assist. Lord God, we know that you are the healer, for you are that bomb in Gilead, the one heals us of all our diseases, Lord God. Even as we try to listen on the call, where Sam Coley was saying, singing, it reminded me of a scripture where you said, If my people who are called by thy name will humble themselves and pray and seek your faith and turn from their wicked ways, then will you hear from heaven and you will heal the land. Lord God, this, this land needs a healing right now, Lord God. For men are going by their own devices and their own plans. But Father God, I ask that you get into your heart and the minds of men. Change it over, Lord God, so that they can use your will, Lord God, to remember that we are your people. We are the sheep of your pastor. And Father God, you don't remove shepherds and keep us alive. We thank you, Lord God, and we praise you for the covering. We thank you for the turnaround. We thank you for the blessings, the miracles, the signs of miracles that you're going to perform within our lives. All this calls and to us, Lord God. We ask you even in the name of Jesus, Lord God. <laughs> That you will be over those who have not yet confessed your name, the sinner man, Lord God, those who are saved, Lord God, that they will turn from their wicked ways and they will seek your faith and they will own Jesus as their Savior. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Go ahead and get it in. Oh, well, I want to 
God, I didn't want to step out of turn. <clears throat> Father God, in the name of Jesus, we come before you this morning. We come so very humble before your throne of grace. We just first want to come and say thank you. We want to thank you for the provision. We want to thank you for the vision. We want to thank you for just being who you are. We want to thank you that when we awoke this morning that all was well. We want to thank you that even though things may not be the way we think they should be or all the way the way we want them, we are just so grateful that things are the way that they are. And so today we are our prayer calls may be few, but we represent so many. So we are just asking your blessings upon us as individuals, upon our families, upon co-workers, upon all those who are connected with us. And then political leaders, our spiritual leaders, and anyone who has the power to make decisions. We know that you know that it appears it appears as though things are spiraling or spinning out of control. We know that you know what is going on. This is your creation, but we also know that you are the author and the finisher of all things. So as we go about our day, we're just asking that you just reveal to us there is revelation in every moment. And we are just asking that you reveal everything that needs to be revealed, that you show us the things that we need to see, that you allow us to hear, see, and say those things that will further the kingdom. And this morning I am especially asking for supernatural. In this time, we need supernatural. We need supernatural of everything. We need supernatural wisdom. We need supernatural discernment. We need supernatural forgiveness. We need supernatural love. We need all of those things, not just in the regular, because we know that we are not living in regular, ordinary times. We need all of those things in the supernatural. And we just ask that your hand guide us. Let it just guide us as we move about our day, as we move in and out of interactions with other people. As we speak words, we want the words to be the words that you will have us to say and that they can be impactful. Because the sun is a powerful, 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 powerful thing. There's so many things that our eyes can behold. We are visual people. Our eyes behold so much and so many things. And it can take but a second for the eyes to see something that can have such a massive impact. So we ask that you guard our eyes against
Okay, I guess we lost her. I guess so, too, because I have to say hello. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> well, we give her a minute. She'll probably be back on. Still, we got a basketball homecoming now? They had it a couple of weeks ago. I didn't know anything uh, about it until the day before. You said they had a couple of weeks ago and what? I didn't know it before. Uh, uh, till the day before homecoming was, my aunt was here from Texas, and I didn't know. Oh, okay. And, but I know they need our financial support. Great. Yes, right, right. I just heard that one about two Sundays ago at church. I ain't got no $500. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know you got five grand, so go ahead and kick it in, young man. No, I don't have that. If I had it, I promise you, I'd give a little so. I'd do good right now to even have a thousand dollars in my bank account. <laughs> This weather down here is so wishy-washy. It's hot one day, it's cold one day, it's rip one day, it's dry one day. And, man, I tell you. It ain't just down there. It's like that everywhere. How are your parents? They're doing good. Doing good. I won't complain. How are yours? They was feeling a little puny yesterday, both of them. The weather probably got them sick. Oh, I will say, I don't know my dad. I don't know what's up with him. And my mom, uh, she just been having, like, these little light-headed dizzy spells. Hmm. Uh-huh. How's all the stuff? I've been going with the operations and all that other stuff they've been going through. Well, um, that, that, that's good. That's good. Okay. That's good. Praise the Lord for that. I can try and swap. It's like I'm in such a traffic jam here. Might be text my professor and let him know there's something here crazy going on. <laughs> Well, I guess she's not coming back on. That colloidal silver. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, it helps to fight colds and stuff? Yeah, it, fight, it kills ba- uh, viruses and bacteria and stuff like that. Helps keep, uh, purify your blood. Okay, okay. Well, I'm going to have to get something. Well, and she's not coming back on, I guess I'll go ahead and pray. <laughs> but too bad. 
Paul Sharamboski Andrasa, Paul Shakarandi Rikoskede, Haramboski, Harashar Rikoskede, Harambrandi Rikoskede, Harambrandi Rikoskede, Thank you, Father God. Both did the request and Rasa, Shedrokoste, Harandeke, Shedrash, the request and Daka, Harambosh, Karanere, the Gosation, the Gosation, Yes, 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 Lord. Mm. Oh, Lord, we praise your name. Yaka, Botiarandia, Kotiarambosiaradiao. Oh, Lord, yes, Duku, Bokoran, Yasikiarambokorandia, Kasa, Nisikia, Yasurukosaka. Oh, Lord, yes, Lord, we praise you, Daddy God. Let the power of God flow forth as you are increasing in our lives, Lord. Let the anointing of God flow forth as you are increasing in our hearts, Lord. We spit a cut, because of you, Daddy God. Because of you, Daddy God, Randy to go see Dickie, aha. Because of you, Daddy God, Randy to go see Shikia and Bosaka. Handron did go see Dickie, Shirikosaka, and Harambuski and Dassi to go see Diande. Harambrandi to go see Shirikosaka. Handraskumbuski and Randy Sikio Rambo. Harambrandi to go see Shirikosaka. Yes, 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 Father. We spit a sukuba, hariyandoko, hashiri dukose, harandi dukose, shiri dukose, andrasi dukosa, haramboske dedi dukuhu, randi dukose, shiri dukuhu. Ha, now, Father God, randi dukose dike, ha, randi dukose da, haramboske dedi dukose andrasa, harambrandi dukose shiri dukose andrasa, harambrandi dukose shiri dukose andraka.
Arrange gusta, Orochi Gosse, she did Gosse, she did Gosse. Yes, Lord, Rumble Poster, and let the word of God go for Frashin Gosada. As your spirit continues to pour forth down in our hearts, the Gosse of Trump, Arambuster, the Shade of Gosada, speak to us, Lord, Range the Gosse, speak to us, Father, Rush the Gosse, she did Gosse, she did Gosse, speak to us, Lord, Range the Gosse, she did Gosse, she did Gosse, Karasharako, Shindish Karadaka. Karan Prash Karada, Koshi Kiridasa, Karandishorumbos Karandaka, Karabos Kiridasa, Ah, yes, Rombo Kosirakanda, Kashiri Kosiri, Ah, yes, Randi Kosirakasa, Komboski, Karandi Kosiri, Koroshanda, Karandi Kosirakasa, Karaboski. That's it, Lord. Now we can begin to go forth to do that which you called us to do, Lord. Now we can begin to go forth down the pathways you want us to walk. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Parashirigurusi <laughs> For a Karandiki, Karashaka, Horobushka, Hayamboski, Yarasaka, Horoboski, Yarashandiki, Hashandri Kosaka, Shigishkaramboko, Handishkarazaka, Shumboshkarandaka, Harambosi, Harashaka, Harambuski, Shirukusa, Harambrasa da. Thank you, Father God, Yerushirukumbuska, Andri Shirukuski, Shirosa. Handi de Gosete, Handi de Gosaka, Handi de Gosete, Shirakosa, Handi de Gosaka, Father, yes. Boro City, Sharamboska, Sharamboske, Harashaka, Boske, Ramboska, Handi de Gosete, Sharakosa, Harakosa, Sharakosete. Ha, Father, yes.
go. I don't know who's on the line. Alright, I start on the list.
was feeling kind of down Cause I went to bed with a problem A solution could not be found I yeah. thought that I could run away But then it smacked me in my face I was hoping it would stop But it did not mm. See if I'm gonna have to deal with this God, you must take control of this Cause I have no more tears to fall My pillow and sheets have soaked and balled I've been there. down on my knees to pray But the stone in my side won't go away I'm praying and I'm so weak God, I know you're listening to me Calling on your Father I know you hear me You're right there I know you hear me In my time of trouble I know you hear me When I'm weak You may feel like you're all alone And life is hard What am I supposed to do? Which way should I choose? If I go left, what's right? Sometimes I'm so confused See, I'm just making ends meet I barely got enough to feed my family It's hard We ain't got a steak on the grill I'm still greater than our own table Full of bills As I sit here to go
Stingray music. All good vibes.
You're listening to Stingray Music.
protest with the joy of my soul. My soon coming king and I worship you. Yeah, what? 
Yes, Father God, Bushira Gasandishkaradaka, Bushira Diti Gubuska, Sarana Bushira Gandra, Trina, Ashton and Whitney, Tamika, Thomas Jeffries, Trina, the man in the wheelchair, Push the 
Morgan Farley, Russia, Sushi, 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 Charles Griggs, Sushi, 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 Ebony Pearson, Sushi, 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 Push the Sushi, Colin Brandon, Nick Brandon, Holly Samantha, Marissa Mars Maya, Faith Justin Lovemont, Charles Grace, Benny Free. Ben's kids and grandkids. Yet go run to go say she go say she go sarga. Run to go say she go say she go sarga. Sakara. Brandon Sturm, Yanid Gundigan, Gundigan Saga, Sakara, Daria Jackson, Ebony Pearson's girl, Track and Sister, Arthur's kid, she should go say she go say she go say she go Saga, she should go say she go say she go Saga, Sakara, and Joshua Fowler, she should go say she 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 go Saga, who she go say she go say she go Saga, Sakara, and everybody else in the back of the show, you're going to the Gandhi, 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 you're going to the My business. Who should have said she Vanessa, Russia will say she 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 will Stillman College. Who should say she will 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 say
first yellow jina kunishi eight natural. Rondo go sushi go sushi go sushi go sara. Rondo go sushi go sushi go sara gasa gasa sakra. RC Roshi go sushi go sushi go sushi go sara gasa go sushi go sushi go sushi go sara gasa gasa sakra. Police Roshi go sushi go sushi go rondo go sushi go sushi go rondo go sushi go sara gasa sakra. Lani rondo go sushi go sushi go sushi go sushi go sara rondo go sushi go sushi go sushi go sara sara gasa sakra. No legacy. Who she says she goes, she goes, she goes, she goes, New legacy, Lisa Brown, Tony Agnew, Maria Mathis, Chris. Who should say she goes, 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 Mastermind group. Push, 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 my parents, push your sister, go sister, go sister, push your sister, go 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 sister, President Bob, City of Atlanta, my parents, Dale Lacaranda, Hush, you say she was a Sarga, Hush, you say she was a Sarga, 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 Rose Johnson, who should say she was say she was Sarga, who should say she was say she was Sarga, who should say she was Sarga, Reginald Foster, Russia, who should say she was Sarga, who should say she was say she was Sarga, Sakara. Wajin, who should say she was say she was Sarga, who should say she was say she was Sarga, who should say she was Sarga, Sakara. Rose Hospital in the community, who should say you got Wajit, Rose, and Reggie, Rose, Donald, Lust, the other one, okay. Buskin family, who should say she was say she was Saraga? Who should say she was say she was Saraga? Who should say she was Saraga? Jenkins family, who should say she was say she was Saraga? Who should say she was say she was Saraga? Who should say she was say she was Saraga? Saraga. Um, Brandon Allen, you know, she was 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 Gentlemen, call him. Bush Grandi was the Shiro, Bush Grandaka, Bush Grandi was the Shiro Saraka, Bush Grandi was the Shiro Saraka, Bush Grasaka, Sakara. Lorenzo, Randy was the Shiro, 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 the Rondo Gosishi 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 Rasa, Kurombosa, Shirgasa, Kurashirigese, Shirgasa, Koshirigese, Shirgasa, Koshirigese, Shirgose, 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 Koshirigosa, Rasa. 
send out the text message and do the reading. Hello. Hmm? Hello. What'd you say? I was I was just saying hello. <laughs> oh, hello. I was trying to do I was trying to do the prayer and I'm like, hello, hello. I was just sure my phone was working. Yeah, I got to move in a little bit. How are you this morning? I'm good and you. I'm Said you must have sent out a text. I got to change phones. Hold up. Amen. 
Enjoy where you are on the way to where you're going. Remember that, Felicia. I need some encouragement. Go right ahead. Okay. Hold on one second. The encouraging word for today is happy, happy, joy, joy. Uh-huh. <laughs> the encouraging word for today is many of you by people feel as though you have stagnated and have no ability to move beyond your current difficulties. I tell you honestly that it is not your ability that matters. It is the strength of your faith in my ability to do what you cannot. You must stop relying on your own. <laughs> you okay, Felicia? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, now you were know, like, oh, really, God? That's how you gonna play me? Oh <laughs> uh, man, you must stop relying on your own efforts and common sense and begin to rely on me," says the Lord. Rise up to walk and live in the Spirit. And she references. Luke 1 and 37, for with God, nothing will be impossible. And then yesterday, 
helps for today as well. It says keep your emotions in check and stand fearless in the face of adversity. Fear is the antithesis of faith and will interfere with your ability to trust me, says the Lord. Know that I am for you and that I will give you the wisdom necessary to lead you out of your current quagmire. You will again stand on solid spiritual ground, says the Lord. And she references Psalms 18:19. He also brought me out into a broad place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. So don't you feel encouraged now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. <laughs> happy, happy, joy, joy. Uh-huh. <laughs> And what makes it so bad, like, I went to uh, see your your mechanic, uh, Dagwood, yesterday Mm -hmm. about my car, and uh, his report was no better. Oh, doesn't that make you feel special? Man, I'm like, are you serious? So my car right now is, you know, like we were talking about, um, you know, the things, the cycle, the things that the enemy throws at you and just, you know, we got to understand where we are. So my car is now on lockdown. I can't drive it. And he said, unless it's an emergency, you shouldn't even drive it. So I'm like, okay. Your finances on lockdown. Yeah. So since I went over and I was talking to Cynthia, and I don't know where she goes, what aren't you doing? (laughs) Ooh. Ooh. (laughs) <laughs> she, oh my gosh, she was like, what aren't you doing? Or what are you doing that you're not supposed to be doing? It's one of the two. You need to figure it out because this right here, it makes no sense. And I told her, I said, you know what? I said the same thing. I'm like, Lord, what is it you want me to focus on? You know, I said, because this is crazy. This is absolutely crazy, you know. And so, um, even though I gave her like an instantaneous answer, I last night I prayed and I'm like, Lord, I said I need you to tell me what it is I'm doing wrong, you know. Like if I'm doing something wrong. Or should I be doing something about listening? What is it? You know, I said, I really need to know because I'm tired of this out right here. 
that's going around in the donut, mm-hmm. it, it's really making me dizzy now, you know. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's something. Find yourself going a little bit deeper, dear? Huh? Do you find yourself pressing in a little bit deeper? Um, a little, yeah. And I think that's, you know, and that's the thing. I need to press in more. And then, too, like I told her, I said one of the, because my instantaneous answer was, I'm supposed to be doing the ministry. I said, which I haven't really been doing, which is like, I was doing um, Facebook Live, you know, doing recordings on Facebook and stuff like that. But I haven't been doing them because I told us I looked at them, but I actually viewed them. So I'm just like, what's the point? I said, but that was self, wasn't it? That was, that was ego. Going back to what we've read. So I said, okay, Lord, we're going to go back to doing the recordings starting today. Uh, yeah. Because it's not about me. It's not about me. That's why I have to remember, like, you know, that, that whole mentality. I mean, I'm, and I'm not condemning myself. I'm trying not to feel guilty about it, but it's like, you know, um, that whole that whole concept of, okay, I'm doing it, but nobody's actually paying attention, so what's the point? You know, and my, my regular attitude is the don't do it. It's so I just stop. Mm, mm, mm. Poor baby. Shut up. Just shut up. Oh, my God. Just hush. Hush. No, because exactly what you are is exactly what you need. You need to go ahead and talk about this. Go ahead. No, that's it. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, it's, it's, that's where, that's where that's what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. It's like, you can either be a spiritual Christian or a soul Christian. And I've been I've been walking the fine line of trying to do both, of doing both, really. You know, being a soul Christian is you want to receive the recognition. But being a spiritual Christian is it doesn't matter if you receive the recognition or not. And so sometimes I'm spiritual. And so sometimes I work out my soul. And I know the difference mm. is just correcting myself when I see it. Mm-hmm. You know. So I'm shutting up. I'm going on mute. I might even get off the call. I don't know yet. We'll see how I feel. <laughs> y'all, y'all funny. I tell you, I, the, the the biggest thing that I laugh is why I laugh so much, and 
is because I be listening to y'all, and I be like, oh, that's what I sounded and looked like when I was there. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Oh, wow. That's, oh, really? Mm, okay. Yeah. So, mm. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. <laughs> well, I mean, but see, the thing is, you know, I probably cuss and drink a lot more than y'all do, so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, see, I done had a line in the mentorship like you all. So, you know, at least y'all got somebody to give you some, some guidance now and say, yeah, okay, well, you'll be all right. And, you know, I done had that, so I just cuss and drink, so what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> But you know what? It's not even that I don't know it's going to be all right. But it's because I know it won't be all right until I do better. Well, dear, the thing is. And then I have to wait for it to come back around, you know, because, you know, again, it's a process. Now, all the stuff that I haven't done or I've done that's been off, you have to wait for all of that stuff to come up too late. Okay. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Hmm? Uh, I'm done. No, oh, okay. Okay. You sure now? Yeah, I'm going on mute. Okay. Well, I guess since you're going on mute, I'll go ahead and do the reading. Mm-hmm. Oh, my folks, Pierre Rose. Hmm? What'd you say, dear? No, okay. The cross soul. On at least four separate occasions and recorded in the four Gospels, the Lord Jesus called his disciples to deny this soul life, deliver it to death, and then to follow him. The Lord fully recognizes that this is a sin qua non for any believer who desires to follow him and to be perfect like him and to be perfect like him in serving man and in obeying God. The Lord Jesus mentions soul life in all these calls, yet he places a different emphasis upon each. Since soul life can express itself in various ways, the Lord stresses a different aspect each time. Anyone who will be a disciple of the Lord must give close attention to what he has said. He is summoning men to commit their natural life to the cross. He who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. He who finds his soul life will lose it, and he who loses his soul life for my sakes will find it, Matthew 10, 38, and 39. These verses beckon us to relinquish our soul life and hand it over to the cross for the Lord's sake. The Lord Jesus explained how a man's foes should be those of his household. Oh, ooh, really? Here we go. Okay, I'm on. I'm, I'm not. Put your seatbelts on. Here we go. It's about to get there. I hope Erica's listening. <laughs> yeah, I had to get you know bring her into this. Oh, wait a minute, Pam. I don't want to forget you too. <laughs> uh, well, at least you might as well jump on board while we at it. Okay. The Lord Jesus explains how a man's foes should be those of his household, how the son, for the sake of the Lord, should be torn away from his father, the daughter from her mother, the daughter-in-law from her mother-in-law. This constitutes a cross, and the cross denotes being crucified. It is our natural inclination to cherish our beloved ones. We're happy to listen to them and willing to respond to their bidding. 
But the Lord Jesus calls us not to rebel against God because of our beloved ones. When the desire of God and the desire of man are in conflict, we must, for the Lord's sake, take up our cross by committing our solo core affection to death, even though the person we love is dear to us, even though under ordinary circumstances we would be most reluctant to hurt him. The Lord Jesus beckons us in this way so we may be purified from our natural love. It is for this reason that he therefore declares that the one who loves the father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Worthy of me, verse 37. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Luke 14:26-27. Now Matthew shows us in the matter of affection how believers ought to be how believers ought to choose loving the Lord first rather than one's family. While Luke signifies what attitude must be maintained towards the love which arises from our soul life, we ought we strictly speaking because we are not just to love the objects of our affection are those I'm sorry. Strictly speaking, we are not to love just because the objects of our affection are those whom we would naturally love. Dear and nearest parents, brothers, sisters, wives, and children are to us. They are listed among the forbidden. Such human love flows from the soul life which will cling to his heart's desire and will call for love in return. The Lord maintains that such soul life needs to be to death. Though we do not now see him, he wants us to love him. He desires us to deny natural love. He wishes to rid us of our natural love to others so that we will not love with our own love. Of course he wills that we should love others, but not with our natural soul or core affection. If we love, let it be for the sake of the Lord and not for their sake. A new, a new relationship comes to us in the Lord. We should receive from him his love so we may love others. In a word, our love must be governed by the Lord. Should he desire us to, we must love even our enemies. If he does not ask us to, we cannot love even the dearest of our household. He does not want our heart to be attached anywhere because he wants us to serve him freely. This new love relationship being the case, the soul life must be denied. That is a cross. And so obeying Christ as to disregard his natural affection, a believer's natural love suffers intensely. Such sorrow and pain becomes a practical cross to him. Deep are the heart wounds and many are the tears when one has to forfeit the one he loves. These, intic, these, inf, these inflict intense suffering upon our lives. How very loath the soul is to yield up his beloved for the Lord's sake. But through this very action is the soul delivered to death. Yea, it even becomes willing to die. And thus the believer is liberated from the power of the soul. Upon losing his natural affection on the cross, the soul seeds ground to the Holy Spirit that he may shed abroad in the believer's heart the love of God and enable him to love in God with the love of God. Let it be observed that, humanly speaking, this expression of the soul is quite legitimate, for it is most natural and is not defiled of sin. It is not the love we have mentioned shared by all men. What illegitimacy can there be in loving those of one's family? Hence, we know that our Lord is summoning us to overcoming the natural, even to deny man's legal right for the sake of God. God wants us to love him more than our Isaac. 
it is true that his, this soul life is given by the Creator nevertheless. He desires us not to be governed by the life principle. People of the world cannot understand why. Only the believer who is losing himself gradually into the life of God can comprehend his meaning. Who can appreciate God's asking Abraham to sacrifice Isaac, who God himself had first given? Those who apprehend God's heart make no attempt to cling to God's imparted gifts. Rather do they desire to rest in God, the giver of all gifts. God wills for us to be attached to nothing aside from him, whether it be man or thing, or even something conferred on us by himself. Many Christians are quite disposed to leave Ur of the Chaldees, but few there are who can see the need to sacrifice a mom Moriah what God has given. This is one of the penetrating lessons of faith and relates to our being united with God. He requires his children to forsake everything that they may be wholly his. They must not only rid themselves of whatever they know to be harmful, but also yield to the cross whatever is human and legitimate, such as the affection, in order they may be entirely under the authority of the Holy Spirit. Our Lord demands is most meaningful, for it is not true that human affection is tremendously uncontrollable. Without consigning it to the cross and losing it, affection becomes a formidable obstacle to the spiritual life. Human feelings change as the world changes. This very excitement can occasion a saint to lose his spiritual balance. The constant disturbance can affect a believer's peace in the spirit. Do not sorrows, moanings, sighs, and tears use the reserve from hurt feelings? If the Lord is not preeminent in our affection, he can hardly be the Lord in other respects. This is a test of spirituality and a measure of its degree. We must accordingly hate our soul life and refuse his affections to have free reign. The Lord demands difference completely from my natural desire. What was previously should now be hated, and even the organ which generates love. Our soul life must be at a board as well. Such is the spiritual way. If we verily bear the cross, we should neither be controlled nor influenced by solical affection, but shall be fit to love in the power of the Holy Spirit. Even so did the Lord Jesus love his family whole on, while on earth, here on earth. All righty then. Here we go. We're at it again. Father God. Let's go in. On at least four separate occasions and recorded in the four Gospels, Lord Jesus called his disciples to deny their soul life, deliver it to death, and then to follow him. The Lord fully recognizes that this is a sin, sin qua known for any believer who desires to follow him and to be perfect like him in serving man and obeying God. Lord Jesus mentions soul life in all these calls, yet he places a different emphasis upon each. Since soul life can express itself in various ways, Lord stresses a different aspect each time. Anyone who would be a disciple of the Lord must give close attention to what he has said. He is summoning men to commit their natural life to the cross. He who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. He who finds his soul life will lose it. And he who loses his soul life for my sake will find in Matthew 10, 38-39. These verses beckon us to relinquish our soul life and hand it over to the cross for the Lord's sake. The Lord Jesus explains how a man's foes should be those of his house. Now, that's, that's where it stopped me right there. 
a man's foes should be those of his household. And why it stopped me, because I know each of us have some situations in our family life where it has or is challenging. So if we look at it in that aspect, not meaning foes so much as, you know, our total enemy, but those who are against us for whatever reason. Whether we be right or they be right. And actually, we need to get away from the right and the wrong. We need to get beyond that. We need to get, because we're all trying to hold on to this is right or they were right or, I'm, you know, uh-uh. we, let's, let's get beyond that. Let's begin to go with God. Because as far as God is concerned, ain't none of us right for the most part. So let's get beyond right and wrong and begin to let God reveal things to us. These verses beckon us to relinquish our soul life and hand it over to the cross for the Lord's sake. The Lord Jesus explained how a man's foes should be those of his household, how the son, for the sake of the Lord, should be torn away from his father, the daughter from her mother, the daughter-in-law from her mother-in-law. This constitutes a cross, and the cross denotes being crucified. It is our natural inclination to cherish our beloved ones. We are happy to listen to them and willing to respond to their bidding. But the Lord Jesus calls us to not rebel against God because of our beloved ones. When the desire of God and the desire of men are in conflict, we must, for the Lord's sake, take up our cross by committing our soul or co-affection to death even though the person we love is dear to us, and even though under ordinary circumstances we'd be most reluctant to hurt him. The Lord Jesus beckons us in this way so we may be purified from our natural love. It is for this reason that he therefore declares that the one who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. That's verse 37. Mm. Oh Jesus! Now let's let's get beyond that. That don't make no sense. You God talking about? I ain't supposed to love my mom and my dad. Ain't that that's not what he's talking about, people. He's talking about your natural solo affection needs to be subjected to his spirit. And when there's a situation or a circumstance that arises that conflicts, okay, your path is one way concerning what God has called you to do, and those who you are in close relationship don't see it, don't understand it, and they're pulling you in another direction, they're talking about you, they're saying that you're crazy. So now, what are you supposed to do? You don't want to hurt their feelings. You're supposed to stop and line up with them. That's no, 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 no. That's what that's what he said. You're supposed to you and see this and oh, y'all of course if I did it ago. Oh, depending on where you're at, depending on where you're at in your walk, depending on where you're at with whatever it is that God has called you to do. Um, in the initial stages, I mean, it's a lot of varying factors, but I'll say it like this: there could be a lot of debate, and a lot of times there will be. You might even lose this relationship. 
Is this saying that God's calling you to walk away from your mother, your father, your husband, your wife, your child or daughter? No. But what he's saying, if I need you to go somewhere to do something, that takes preeminence over what they want. Now, if they can't see it or agree with it, and they choose not to line up with it, you still got to do what I called you to do. Will it cause conflict in your relationship? Yes, but that's something you're going to have to swallow up. What happens when I have, look, I, I've lived it. Like I tell you all, none jokingly, but jokingly, my mother had to get dementia so we can have one accord in this family. That's, that's the serious, I, I'm being real. So what do you do when you have that kind of conflict in your in your life? You pray. Why I'm laughing at Felicia? You learn to go deeper. You learn to go deeper because where I'm at ain't getting ain't, ain't working, Lord. You got and, and why do I say you learn to go deeper? Because God, you got to take me deeper. Because what what did she say? Her sister said, "What ain't you doing, or what is you doing that ain't right?" Why is it that when I'm stepping out to walk down the path that God calls me to do? All of a sudden, all this hell arises in my life. I could have stayed where I was at. That's what Joel Osteen and even T.D. talked about earlier. Favor. Huh? What you mean favor? Favor? I ain't supposed to have these problems. Ask Mary. She was blessed and highly favored. About to lose her relationship that she got talked about. She wandered around in the wilderness, had a baby, had a baby in the desert. That's blessing, highly favored. That don't look like it's favor of God. Again, we have to begin to transform our understanding according to His understanding. So now, any situations where there is conflict, any situations and circumstances when you are coming up against the wall. And you, because you're willing to do what God's called you to do, and it causes conflict in your relationship. This is where maturity, experience, and learning begins to come about. You don't just walk out. You start praying on behalf of them. You start interceding on behalf of them that they can begin to see, that their eyes can be opened, that they begin to come in alignment with God. You don't pull away from God to to to, love, to be in alignment with them. No, you go do what God's called you to do, and you stand the gap and pray for them. Sounds simple. It ain't. That's like saying somebody going to slap the crap out of me, and I'll say, I love you with the love of God, and I'm going to pray for you. Really? Well, let me slap you again, because that's what normally happens. Oh, you're going to stand up there and keep getting hit, but I'm going to keep hitting you, and I'm going to keep praying for you, brother. You're going to keep getting hit. But what is God calling you to do? If you truly love them, like you say you do, put it into action. Put it into action by standing on, in his word and confessing over their life. Ah, you know what? I'm a firm believer that if you do one thing consistently, and that thing is if you take the word of God and you consistently, you consistently and diligently and diligently put it in you, put it in you, put it in you, regardless, somewhere along the way it's going to make a difference. Why am I saying that? Because the word of God is not a regular book. 
The Word of God is not just a fairy tale or history book. It's, it's alive. It, it has its own life. It has its own thing. And if you consistently put it inside of you, it's going to make a difference. I talk about, I look at Pam, perfect example. I told her the other day, oh, you finally begin to have some conflict. But she's consistently fasting. She's just beginning to get to where she needs to be. She ain't even really got there yet. But she's consistently being obedient. She's consistently fasting. That's putting the word of God. Why do I say fasting is putting the word of God in? What I mean when I say putting the word of God in, when you connect with the Holy Spirit, which is your mentor, and you start asking him for help, and you start asking him for direction about what it is you need to do, and he starts giving you specific things, fast, pray, confess, whatever it is, those things that he tells you to do, and you do it consistently, diligently, it's going to make a difference because it's God. You can't keep putting your finger in an electrical socket and not expect to get shocked sooner or later. You might get away with it a few times, but you keep doing it, sooner or later you're going to get a... That's the same thing about the Word of God. You keep putting that Word inside of you, it's going to begin to make a difference, but it's going to start on the spiritual level. See, it starts inside and works its way out. So now you see your family, your beloved ones, if it's truly something that God has called you to do, you go forth and do it, but you pray on behalf of them. You think God don't you think God don't love them too? And nine times out of ten, to be very honest with you, when God called you over here, you was out of order. You weren't positioned where he called you to be. Am I saying you was out there doing a wild thing? No, no, no. But he said, now I need you to over here, and you're not there, so you were out of order. You were out of position. So he's nearly calling you into position. And if God is truly calling you, and they don't see it, and you pray on behalf of them, don't you think he's going to start working in their life? Don't you think he's going to start showing? And see, that's the other thing, too. The truth will bear witness. Come on now. It'll bear witness. That's why you ain't got to try to beat and argue the word of God in. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh-huh. I, I do my best to try not to argue about the word of God. I will try to present it, and then you got to come to your own revelation and realization about things. I don't have to argue with it. Now, I'll pray for you. But I, cause see, first of all, I recognize if I try to beat it in you, you're gonna only rise up and 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 pull against it. That's in the word too. So you begin to stand, pray, intercede, but you walk and be obedient. That is the biggest testimony that you could ever do is to walk and be obedient to do what God has called you to do. Because trust and believe, when you start walking that thing out, doing what he's calling you to do, blessings are going to follow. So they can deny what you're doing, but when they see fruit being produced off of your tree because you've been obedient and lined up, they can't deny the truth when they're going to look at it. If they choose to see, then they just choose to stay where they're at. Because if you're walking consistently, diligently, and it might take years, people, let's be real. That's something else we got to get over. I can't do this too. I, I asked Pam, how long you been fasting? A few months. Okay, months. She's just beginning to touch on some things. That those, those demonic entities that, that the rest of them against are just saying, she might be for real. She ain't really been child, but they're going, she might, I don't, we might, because see, that, that word, like, she's consistently doing it. That word is starting to be built up. They're starting to see, oh, wait a minute, hold up. Because, see, what did we just read about the other day? The devil will challenge you in your soul. He will challenge you in your flesh, but he does not waste his time in your spirit. 
He recognizes that's a done deal. He tried that on Jesus. It's been accomplished at Calvary. That's why Jesus said it is finished. So he sees that spirit inside of her beginning to grow up. And he's like, uh-uh. Because now, let's get spirit, soul, and body. Let's understand that we're a vessel. You only are so large. If her spirit is starting to increase in her, then it's beginning to move those other things that's inside of her out of their comfortable position. That's why she's getting sick and headaches and this and another. But I'm still saying, well, what you going to do? That's why I look at her, what you going to do? You're going you gonna to fight out of your soul, and you're going to have to tap down deeper into the side of your spirit, Felicia. Yeah, I'm calling everybody out today. What the hell? I'm, I'm, on, I'm on one. But, I mean, this is, again, and Felicia just said, I, I got to quit walking out of my soul and walking out of my spirit. See, it's a beautiful thing when you begin to recognize the differences. It's a beautiful thing when you begin to see it and be specific so you know what's going on and how to address it. That's the importance of spirit, soul, and body. Okay, I'll just go back to reading. Everybody, why he got to put me in this? Can't he read the book? Right. <laughs> if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father, mother, and wife, and children, brothers, and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Now, Matthew shows us in the matter of affection how believers ought to choose loving the Lord first rather than loving one's family. While Luke signifies what attitude must be maintained towards the love which arises from our soul life, we ought to hate it. Strictly speaking, we're not to just love because the objects of our affection are those whom we would love naturally. Dear and nearest parents, brothers, sisters, wives, and children are to us, they are listed among the forbidden. Such human love flows from soul life, which will cling to his heart's desires and will call for love in return. Wow. Okay, right there. Such human love flows from soul life, which will cling to his heart's desires and will call for love in return. One more time. Such human love flows from soul life, which will cling to his heart's desires and will call for love in return. That one sentence in and of itself, if you understand what he is saying, should help you to understand what God says you got to get beyond your soul life and walk with my godly agape love. When your soul life is loving something or somebody, it is seeking love in return. When it does not get that love back, you are offended. You are hurt, pissed, mad, upset, all those lovely things. And it, where you once you love this person, now you start to hate them. Once when you want to be around in their presence, now you can't stand being around. And not only that, then you begin to attack them. Oh yeah, come on now, let's be, come on now. I love you. Next, you dirty shot shatter girl. I can't shut her. When you shot her, uh huh. But like last couple of weeks, you just couldn't help but being around them. Now they a dirty shot rando go sataka. Oh oh, well, ain't no in there. So, why is that? Because, see, if God has called you to do something, 
And now you're walking out doing what he's called you to do, and you get mad and offended because the very person you ministered to, prayed for, stood the gap, loved, spent time, money, called you a dirty name, looked at you crazy, cussed you out. What the hell are you doing? Did I ask for your help? Who you Who you think you are? You can't be a, you don't know what I've been. Come on now. And you get mad and walk away? Mm. I know ain't nobody going to say nothing now. I got my feelings hurt. Hmm. I ain't got to put up with this now. Y'all don't know who I am. Oh, really? Come on now. Come on. Oh, yeah. I know y'all just turn your phones on mute because I know y'all ain't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God has to train you to get you beyond yourself. And if you ever need an example, look at Jesus. Look at him. The very ones he was given his life for beat him, spit on him, crucified him. And what did he do? What did he do? What did he do? He said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. Even on the cross, he was interceding on our behalf. See, you can't get beyond that right there. That's the only thing that's going to carry you so you can accomplish what you need to do. He's our example. That's why we ain't got no excuse. No, you know why we ain't got no excuse for two things. For one, he's our example. For two, when he called you to go that route, that means he's going to equip you. That means you can tap into that. He ain't just saying our example and follow me. He says, no, I am your example. Now follow me, but I'm going to give you the strength, the direction, and guidance to do it. He ain't just writing a formula on a, on a blackboard and saying, now do it. He says, no, I'm going to help you to do it if you choose to walk in me. Now, if you choose to walk in yourself, when you come into these encounters, you're going to pull back. But if you choose to walk in me, tap into me, let me teach you, then you'll be able to accomplish that which I'm sending you to do. And then as he trains you, he's going to say, see, now that you're getting it, now I'm going to tell you a secret. Greater works than these you, you do. You know what? You're going to do greater works than I did. So you got it now. You got the formula. You got the pattern. Now go and do greater things than I did. Mm, mm, that's a message in and of itself. Because, see, we in the world, we want to hold everybody back. We in the world, we want to, okay, I'm going to just give them a little bit because I don't want to come up here. They might be on my level. Jesus said, no, nah, I want you to get all of me so you can go do more than I did. Come on now. Come on now. Oh, shout out. That's a message in itself. Oh, Father God, shout out. Go suck Do you see how backwards we got this thing, people? How limited we are because we walk in in our natural affection, our solical love, our flesh, our, all those things. And God says, you got to, yes, I know that you have it. Now, I'm not trying to tell you to abandon your family, your love. I'm just trying to tell you everything needs to be subjection to my will, subjection into my way. That's what he's saying. Luke signifies what attitude must be maintained towards the love which arises from our soul life. We ought to hate it. Strictly speaking, we are not to love just because the objects of our affection are those whom we would naturally love. Dear and nearest parents, brothers, sisters, wives, and children are to us. 
They are listed among the forbidden. Such human love flows from the soul life, which will cling to its heart's desires and will call for love in return. The Lord maintains that such soul life needs to be delivered to death. Though we do not now see him, he wants us to love him. He desires us to deny our natural love. He wishes to rid us of our natural love toward others so that we will not love with our own love. Of course, he wills that we should love others, but not with our natural soul or affection. If we love, let it be for the sake of the Lord and not for their sake. A new relationship comes to us in the Lord. We should receive, him, his, we should receive from him his love so that we may love others. In a word, our love must be governed by the Lord. Should he desire us to, we must love even our enemies. If he does not ask us to, we cannot love even the dearest of our household. He does not want our heart to be attached anywhere because he wants us to serve him freely. Mm. When his mother was in the crowd, they said, Jesus, your mother is here. He said, who is my mother? My brother. Those who choose to follow him are his mother and his brother. Oh, wow, Father God, help us to see that, Lord. Help us to see how much you gave up. Wow, 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 wow. That's, you don't want to give it up. Wow, because we think we're going to be losing something. Mm-mm. I'm going to lose him. I'm going to lose it. I, I, I value this thing. I, I love this more than I love the Lord. Mm, wow. Look, as I'm saying this, I'm going, ooh, because I'm seeing some things. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I'm, cu- I'm cutting myself right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's progressive. Understand that. It's progressive. This new love relationship being the case, the soul life must be denied. That is a cross. And so obeying Christ as to disregard his natural affection, a believer's natural love suffers intensely. Wow. Mm, mm, mm. Let me read that one again. This new love relationship being the case, the soul life must be denied. This new love relationship is when you start putting Christ first above even your own desires, your desires, your, your, your friends, your families, those things you want to do. You're putting Christ first. That is a cross. And so obeying Christ as to disregard his natural affection, a believer's natural love suffers intensely. Mm. Other words, it's no easy thing. It's not an easy thing. So that understand this. Don't think you're gonna do it overnight. That's again why I take weeks, months, or years. Get it up out of ourselves. Takes a lot of work. Such sorrow and pain becomes a practical cross to him. Deep are the heart wounds and many are the tears when one has to forfeit the one he loves. Mm. Wow. Deep are the heart wounds and many are the tears when one has to forfeit the one he loves. 
And it don't have to be a person. It can be something that you're doing. It could be some desires that you have. It says deep are the wounds. And many are the tears. It, it it hurts people to stop being in ourselves and stop doing what we want to do and all that stuff. It, it's not easy. Again, that's why, you know, Lord tells us, you know, okay, you need to fast, you need to pray, you need to do this. Because to get away from, remember, death is death. We don't want to die. Well, literally, when you're, when you're putting a part of you to death, it's death. And we talk about this different aspects having its own life. It doesn't want to die, so it's going to fight to live. Your flesh doesn't want to be put away. It, it's going to fight to live. It's going to talk to you. Hey, no, I don't want to do this. Man, remember the good times we had? Man, remember this, remember that? It's a record out now. I don't know even the name of it with a girl getting rid, of, getting rid of her boyfriend or whatever, and she calls him up. I don't, you know, she talked about him whole song, and the end of the record, She's talking to him on the end of the record. Well, I'm just calling to let you know I'm, uh, you don't have to come over with the keys in the box. And I'm making some gumbo. <laughs> I started laughing. She don't want to let him go. And that's the same thing, you know, with life. We, we, we say we want to go, especially when we hurt and hot and all this other stuff. But deep down inside, we don't want to let it go. But God is calling us to let some things go. What does it say? If you let it go, if it's truly yours, it'll come back to you. We got to let some stuff go for the Lord's sake. Because we're stopping ourselves. We're trying to accomplish this and trying to do that and the other, but God is saying until you stop or let this thing go here, you, you can't do all this other stuff you want to do. He's been talking to you, showing you, but you're you're trying to go all the way around, trying to do everything else besides let this thing here go. And again, God, God is God. He got his own ways about things, so he gonna let you he gonna let you stay in that thing until you come to the realization that okay, Lord. Then he said, Oh, okay, now you're ready. Whereas you could have been doing it in two weeks, now it's taking you three years, and you wonder why it's gonna take you so long to come up out this hole you've been in. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me keep reading. Deeper the heart wounds and many are the tears when one has forfeited the one has to forfeit the one he loves. These inflict intense suffering upon our lives. How very loath the soul is to yield up his beloved for the Lord's sake. But through this very action is the soul delivered to death. Yea, even becomes willing to die. And thus the believer is liberated from the power of the soul. Upon losing his natural affection on the cross, the soul sees ground to the Holy Spirit that he may shed abroad in the believer's heart the love of God and enable him to love in God and with the love of God. Mm. It becomes willing to die and thus believers liberated from the power of the soul. You know what? They talked about the Japanese back in World War II is why they were so scared of them because of the Harry Carey. They would take their ship or their plane and run it into a ship. They weren't afraid to die. 
going to find out a lot of them are on drugs, too, but that's another story. But when you're scared to let, see, that's another thing you got to understand about the death thing. It keeps you from fully walking out to your full potential because you're scared. See, this is what we do, knowingly or unknowingly. When we say we see this line, I want everybody to take in your mind right now, take your hand and draw a line in front of you, like right in front of you. That line that you draw, you said, that is my threshold. I can't go any further than this. And since we have now said this is our threshold, we can't go any further. We take two or three steps back away from it in the opposite direction because we have said I can't cross that threshold because if I do, I, I, I know I can't take no more. So now we don't even approach our threshold. As we begin to get close to that, we start no, and we start quitting this and other. See, see, that doesn't happen when you're dead. When you're threat, you say, oh, oh, that's my threshold, don't matter, I'm dead anyway, let's keep going. That's what God's trying to get you to. You know, well, okay, what's, what's the worst thing that's going to happen to me? Well, say I drive me shaking a bendigo. Okay, if we die, we die. Don't mean the Lord can't save me. Don't mean the fire. Oh, we read that story. Oh, it sounds good. Yeah, walk it. See, we because of we're scared to totally let go, we won't re- truly realize the fullness of who we are. That's why God has to put you to death in areas because you're holding on to things and you're, and you're not walking out. And you're allowing you're allowing fear, doubt, and unbelief to come in and, and just wreak havoc, and you don't even walk, you don't even realize you're walking in it. You don't even realize that you're letting those things in your life because you think you got this thing under control, and no, you'd really not. You really don't. Just pulling you away from the fullness of who you are. See, oh Lord, oh my God, I don't even know how I can explain this. And that 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 you know me and my 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 lifestyle, which the Lord has kind of real me. I have been one who was like, you know what? That's been one of my areas. Like, you know what? I would hate to get pushed to the edge, but when I get pushed over, then it don't matter because I'm going for whatever. So you push me there, let's go. And I mean, I have been in situations, and sir, I've been on the bus, all kind of things. Even in high school, when I got, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. See that's the thing when you when you when you go on that other side it don't I'm 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 out for blood I've I've blacked out I've done a lot of things because at that point in time it's on whatever needs to be done that's how God has to get you but it needs to subject it to His Spirit and it needs to be trained it needs to be honed so it can be used for the Holy Spirit power so I guess that same that same whatever He put inside of me now He's begin to hone that which allows me to go deep and intense so now it's been used for His glory. But see, I understand now that, you know, so I don't let things pull me back. God says I accomplish this. Well, let's do it. Oh, my body aches. Well, body, you need to get your butt on my heart. So what? Get your butt in order. I, I, I force myself to do that because I recognize I've got control over this. I'm not going to let life dictate to me what God has said something opposite. So it gives you that courage. It gives you that strength. It gives you that ability to boldly go forth. And I don't think you got to be all loud. No, uh-uh. I told you, I go in the courtroom. I hardly say nothing if I don't have to. I've been in there going on three years, people. I've been in there beat up, maimed, 
Like, really, God, thank you, God. Now I walk in there, oh, hey, how you doing today? He pulling out my paperwork when he see me. But it's taking a while. It's taking a while. But it's allowing God to push me beyond myself. Trusting God when all the stakes are out there. When everything is, see, that, that's, that's what's holding some people back. Because you walking out, you, you really, you know, you, when you got everything on the table, you about to lose everything. Oh, no, 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 no. It's a whole, no, no, I can't. You find some fight. I'm tired. It don't matter. You find some fight. You find some get up because if I don't, everything is gone. If I don't, that's all, all going under the way. I got to find. And you start digging. Lord, I know it's got to be here somewhere. Give me what I need. I ain't not going to let fear keep me from doing this. The dark. I can't go out in the dark. I can't do it. Really, who's your God? See, we let too many things. It's not perfect yet. I need this in order. I need that. Really? Why don't you step out there and really a lot of that stuff is all in your mind anyway? You're trying to have everything neat and in order. If that was the case, you never would receive salvation because you're not neat and in order. God's still trying to clean you up. We got to let go all these, all this foolishness, all these things just pulling us back from walking out to the fullness of who God called us to be. We're holding our own selves back, and we don't even recognize it. And we're blaming everything and everybody. And we're sitting around, twiddling our fingers, tapping our toes. Well, God, I know you. I know you're there. And this is I don't need to be, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to work on it. Really, why don't you get your butt up and start doing it? Well, God didn't go, really, really, really. God called you to sit in that position. That same position you done been in, doing the same thing, ain't nothing changed. How many years now? Oh, really? That don't sound like the God I know. But now, the thing is this, let's be real. If that's the God you know, and that's how you're going to stay, then that's fine. But get all those high expectations out. That's, that's the fantasy you're living in. Uh, see, that, that's a fantasy, not a reality. All these high expectations in this lifestyle. What are you doing to achieve that? That's just like saying, I'm going to be a child who's 13 years old. I'm going to be a millionaire. Well, I ain't going to go to school. I ain't going to go study no stuff. But I'm going to be a millionaire. Okay, so you're going to play the lottery. Where are you going to even get the money to play the lottery? Okay, I probably just don't cut too many folks. How about I just keep reading? Let it be observed that, humanly speaking, this expression of the soul is quite legitimate, for it is most natural and is not defiled of sin. Is not the love we have mentioned shared by all men? What illegitimacy can there be in loving those of one's family? Hence, we know that our Lord is summoning us to overcome in the natural, even to deny man's legal right, for the sake of God. God wants us to love him more than our Isaac. Now, this gets powerful here. It is true that this soul life is given by the Creator. Nevertheless, He desires us not to be governed by the life principle. People of the world cannot understand why. Only the believer who is losing himself gradually into the life of God can comprehend His meaning. I'm going to read that again. People of the world cannot understand why. Only the believer who is losing himself gradually until the life of God can comprehend his meaning. It don't make sense 
I don't understand it. You, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? That's why you find yourself quit talking to a lot of people about stuff. Because it don't, nah, nah. He said people of this world, nah, let's, let's be real. People of God, too. The deeper you go, the more they won't understand it. And you don't have to, you just come to realize they can't understand. I used to argue with people about, oh, you self-employed, you can do what you want to do. I used to go back and forth. Now I came to the conclusion, you know what? They can't understand. See, oh, my God, that's so beautiful. Because, see, when you're looking from the other side, you have an idealistic view of what it is. <laughs> so you have an idealistic view of how things are supposed to work out, how that's supposed to come together. That's another reason why you're stuck, too, because you have an idealistic view of how God's supposed to work things in your life. Ooh, really? Wow, bam. <laughs> yeah. All is supposed to be together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, if you really let the Holy Spirit reveal to you everybody through this book who ended up being conquerors, kings and queens, and, and victors, what, the heroes of faith, look at the path that they travel. Even Samson, when he married that woman, his mother and father, what you doing this for? But it was still something God was using him for. So, again, as you start getting deeper, Pete, they, they, they can't understand. Only it will make sense. You see, that's why it's important that you begin to know God, how he activates, how he moves, his word, his voice. You got to start knowing that for yourself. Now, am I trying to say you're right in everything? No. I'm not trying to say that. But God will give you confirmation signs. He will give you evidence. If you choose to accept it, fine. If you choose to ignore it, fine, too. Look, I'm sorry, but this is your walk. I got my own walk, which is more than enough. It's more than enough. As I say, I got my three ninety-year-olds and my 18-year-old. That's more than enough. I get on here. I give what I know. I try to be obedient to God. After that, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to nurture you. Ain't my job, ain't my response. Now, if we come together and, we, and we're trying to see, I, yeah, I will help and you all, I will do what I feel I'm led to do. But if you think I'm going to try to take a spoon and feed you to get you, I quit that a long time ago, people. You're a grown shakrandedogosaka. You need to get up by shakaka and feed your shakaka by self. Ain't my job, ain't my responsibility. Oh, I'm sorry. I need to quit cutting people. I'm sorry. Let me just finish this reading. I'm almost there. For the sake of God, God wants to love him more than our Isaac. It is true that this soul life is given by the Creator. Nevertheless, he desires us not to be governed by that life principle. People of the world cannot understand why. Only the believer is losing himself gradually until the life of God can comprehend his meaning. Who can appreciate God asking Abraham to sacrifice Isaac, whom God himself had first given? Mm. Abraham and Isaac, remember that? Isaac, Sarah, Abram, Sarah. He wasn't even Abraham at that time. You know, Abram and Sarai, my, my bad. Ninety and a hundred. Well, whenever it was when they first got the promise. It was like 80 and something. 
Then God gives him this child. Now this child that he's get, that God has given him, God tells him to sacrifice this child. This child that you've given me in my old years, now I finally have a have a a a, a, a heir. You gave this to me. Now I got to give it up. Who can appreciate asking Abraham to sacrifice Isaac, who God himself had first given? Those who apprehend God's heart make no attempt to cling to God-imparted gifts. Rather do they desire to rest in God, the giver of all gifts. God gave it. God can take it away. I'm still trusting my God in spite of all. He has this re I don't understand it, but it doesn't matter. I don't need to I need to trust my God. Those who apprehend God's heart make no attempt to cling to God and part of gifts. Rather do they desire to rest in God, the giver of all gifts. God wills for us to be attached to nothing aside from him, whether it be man or thing, or even something conferred on us by himself. We need to get stay attached to God who is the giver of gifts rather than the gifts that he gives. Many Christians are quite disposed to leave Ur of the Chaldees, but few are there who see the need to sacrifice on Mount Moriah what God has given. This is one of the penetrating lessons of faith and relates to our being united with God. He requires his children to forsake everything that they may be wholly his. They must not only rid themselves of whatever they know, to be harmful, but also yield to the cross whatever is humanly legitimate, such as affection, in order they may be entirely under the authority of the Holy Spirit. Wow. I got to give up what I know. I got to give up what I don't know. I got to give up about how I feel about things. And again, training, 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 training. He's got to train you. Got to get you out of this. Our Lord's demand is most meaningful, for it is not true that human affection is tremendously uncontrollable. Without consigning it to the cross and losing it, affection can become a formidable obstacle to spiritual life. Human feelings change as the world changes. Their easy excitement can on occasion a saint to lose a spiritual balance. The constant disturbance can affect a believer's peace in his spirit. Do not sorrows, moaning, sighs, and tears usually result from hurt feelings. If the Lord is not preeminent in our affection, he can hardly be the Lord in other respects. Mm. Maybe I'll just, read, I'll just read that again and I won't even comment on it. How about that? I, I, how about we do that? Our Lord's demand is most meaningful, for it is not true that human affection is tremendously uncontrollable. Without consigning it to the cross and losing it, affection can become a formidable obstacle to spiritual life. Human feelings change as the world changes. Their easy excitement can occasion a saint to lose his spiritual balance. Their constant disturbance can affect a believer's peace in the spirit. 
Do not sorrows, moanings, sighs, and tears use the result from hurt feelings? If the Lord is not preeminent in our affection, he can hardly be Lord in other respects. This is a test of spirituality and a measure of its degree. We must accordingly hate our soul life and refuse its affection to have free reign. The Lord demands difference completely from my natural desire. What was previously loved should now be hated. And even though the organ which generates love, our soul life must be aboard as well. Such is the spiritual way. If we verily bear the cross, we should neither be, if we if we verily bear the cross, we should be neither controlled nor influenced by the solical affection, but shall be fit to love in the power of the Holy Spirit. Even so, the Lord Jesus loved his family while on earth. That is our lesson for today. Questions, comments, criticism, conclusions. All righty. Yeah, no. Y'all want to play some music for a minute? How about I do that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let let's just saturate in for a minute, huh? I understand.
Questions, comments, criticisms, complaints. I don't know who's operating in the complaint department today, so we'll make it easy. The police in there. She in school, so she can't respond. So there you go. <laughs> See, I'm nice, ain't I? <laughs> oh man, that's how they do it too. Right here. <laughs> Put everybody in class during the reading. Now he says he's nice. <laughs> what? <laughs> I was <laughs> Oh, Lord, call down, Pam. Call it in. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Oh. You okay, Felicia? Yeah. I mean, because you know, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, um, 
you know, you know, based on what you read and based on our own personal experiences, we really can't blame nobody for our situation or circumstances but ourselves. You know, it's nobody's it, nobody else can take responsibility but us. I mean, we can point a finger, but at the end of the day, it's somewhere along the way a choice or, and, and Erica, well, Erica told us a while ago, and our choice or our non-choice, which is still a choice, we are dealing with repercussions and, you know, going through the process of whatever, you know, whatever we did. So it's like now all we got to do is write it out. But in the writing out, we can't, like you tell us now, we can't stop. We got to continue on as we're writing out the repercussions of past choices. And but go on deeper into the into the spirit of God and say, Okay, Lord, as we're writing out this repercussion, this wave here, getting ready for the next wave that's gonna send it, you know, that we can you know, ride through like a surfer, we can either ride the wave we can wash out. You know. And it's in again in the choice that we make. So if we choose to just let things go, then that choice has repercussions as well. So, and I can attest to that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You said something <laughs> are none choices. So many of us make choices by not making a choice and then letting life push us along the way. Yep. Well, I don't know what to do. Um, hmm. Both of us raised as me. Mm-hmm. So after a long time, because you have done nothing, because life still happens. Yes. And because you have done nothing for so long, then you get pushed in a certain direction. Rather than making, and wait a minute, now this is, oh my God, see, here we go, here we go, here we go. Now this, you know what, my um, realtor, I was talking to the other day, and we had a, 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 a potential clinic, a potential tenant. And she said, well, she she told me that she had a foreclosure. I'm going to look on her record and see how do you feel about that. And I said, well, you know, in all honesty, I leave all that up to you. I said, but one thing that I've come to understand is things happen in life. So, you know, I, I leave that to your judgment. And what my, my, my lady said, she said, but what we want to know is not if something happened, how long ago, and is, is it reoccurring? Because if it's reoccurring, that means it's a, a way, a habit of doing something, and you, and, and that's that's not somebody want to deal with. So now, if you just 
consistently let life push you this way, let life push you that way, let like you know what you ain't. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. You ain't making none choices. You literally, you know what? You just just getting kicked around, and yeah, you're not making choices. You 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 mm, 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 mm. you living again in Fantasy Island. Now, if you want to live that way, and you want to let life push you around, then okay, fine. That's fine. But don't have the, the false false ideology that you're somebody or something else. And, and, and see, that's what we missed it. And see, that's really, really when we really just, 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 I don't even know the term from it. You know, I mean, okay, I mean, everything happens to us in life, and we, we get caught up in stuff. But when you do it again and again and again, now three, five, ten years have passed, and you're still stuck, well, I don't know what I want to do. Really? How old are you now? That's acceptable when you're in your 20s. In your 30s, I can understand life change. But you're getting like, look, you know what? You might not know what you want to do, but you need to be doing something. You know, again, you're too old, even naturally, to be doing that. So now, if you're still stuck in your 40s and your 50s, that's really showing your immaturity in your spiritual walk. So again, all this, all these pretense of who we think we we are so. Mm, you know what? I'm gonna just shut up. I'm gonna go on mute. I'm gonna do my juice. How about that? It's just like when Jesus asked the man at the well, "Are you ready to be whole?" And the, and the man told him, "Yes." Yeah. He said, "Okay, we'll pick up your stuff and come and walk." <coughs> You know, but, but but T.D. broke that thing down, and he was like, he broke it down to where he was at, how long he's been there, and that whole way he was living at. You know, why would you ask somebody who's sitting by the well if they really wanted to be whole? Evidently, they wanted to, but why? Again, like, Jesus don't just do something for no reason. Right. So... T.D. started breaking down the lifestyle, the surroundings. I mean, he really broke that thing down. It's like, in other words, it's just like 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 Joyce Meyer said about you know she had, when God asked Abraham about you know, um, you know having a son that she, God pulled Abraham out of his tent. Some, he had to get him out of his surroundings. Sometimes we're stuck by our surroundings, the negativity, this, that, and the other, and it's keeping us. Limited because I, we, what are we seeing, what we think, and how we are. We're conditioned. Again, we talked about in the kingdom of the world. We're conditioned to be negative. We're conditioned to be small thinkers. We're conditioned to any other. Sure. You know, so even though, again, we are saved out our mouth, but are you really living? Because, see, this is what I look at in all reality. Okay, I hear what you're saying, but what are you doing? Because, see, we all say this, that, and the other. I, in all honesty, I ain't even really concerned so much about what you're saying. And uh, very honestly, especially in the in the spiritual realm, you talk all you want to. What are you doing? Sure. Are, are you really out there 
living and trying and doing that that says more than you having lip service about who you are what you because in reality that's truly what you're doing is what you who you are and what you're saying that speaks more volumes than you running around writing a paragraph or reading a book because that that no 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 if you're living who you are and I, I'm not trying to say that you've accomplished it, but you're striving, you're moving, you're active, you're, you're doing these different things. That's truly what's it. Faith without works is dead. That's truly walking out in your faith. If you're sitting back talking about this, talking about that, gossiping, looking at TV, saying, okay, really? Okay, all right. Well, that's fine. Again, I'm going to play the Fantasy Island theme song, and I'm going to keep it moving. <laughs> That's it, too. Do we have a real, you know, that's why I'm getting to the word, too, because before that, do we have a real good definition or understanding of what real living is? Hello? Yeah, I mean, what do you mean by that? Okay. So we're, okay, so we're building our relationship with God because that's our power source. But then, too, we're also learning our words because since he's our power source, he also promised us everlasting life and abundance. Now, through his word, we get to understand by following him and the path to everlasting life. But in the meantime, for how we live, that's totally different from where the way that he wants us to go. I mean, so you know, for the um, for the saying of, you know, we want him, we want we want to be obedient and to use us so that he can fill us up with him. But in the meantime, we still got this blood. They still got stuff on it that we still got to clean out. And, you know, we know that the devil has the full knowledge of the Bible, too, and he tests the, He helps to test us daily by, okay, you think you know all that. I'm going to throw this over here. Let's see how you do with that. Well, I'm going to do this, and then, and then, too, it's, and then too, it's down to the point of, our self-will also playing a part in that that just let him think that he can get that far with us. And we are broken down, filthy rags. But before Jesus came, people did stuff and they just did it out of what they out of what they seen others do and they had no clue. But for this, we have access to the Bible, to what God wanted us to do. And just like for right now, you have before, okay, in America, they passed the right, they passed the bill to heal fetuses almost up to time of birth. They also passed laws for where, okay, a man can marry a man, a woman can marry a woman. Canada just passed a thing for where it's okay for you to have sex with animals. What else is what else is what else is this abomination are they gonna do in order to slap God in the face? And then too, we still got to show who we with. 
and not get pulled in. But through repetition and daily applying God's words and spending some time with them, that's what's going to help give you your strength. So like you were saying, you was going through the courts for the last three years. Have you ever gone into weight training? Sam? Sam. Uh, I'm here, Renee. Hold on for a second. Okay. Okay, I'm back. Okay. Have you ever gone into weight training? Yeah. Okay, so you know yourself that, okay, after you hit the pounders that they have on that bar, what do they do next? Do they take any of the weight off, or do they add more weight on to it? Add more weight on to it. Right. So as you've been going through this in the court, they've been adding more weight on to it right along. Mm-hmm. Okay. But with you exercising your faith with that, now you have the confidence, you have the strength, to go in and say, look, I know who I'm with. Bring it on. But before, were you at that point? That's the whole process of designing to grow us up in here. Exactly. So just like we, for for, 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 for coming out the womb and be taught of the world thing, we were beaten to it. We had to go through repetition to have it down pat. And, you know, one thing that we really don't like is to go through something for so long not for somebody to tell us that it was wrong. <laughs> now you got to do it a new way, which is not really a new way. It's a way that should have been there for you all along. So just like when, um, you know, they were sending the plague through Egypt on all the firstborns, and God had to come down and tell them to paint the, um, the doorpost with blood so that way the death angel will go past them. But even with that, it was a promise that God had made to the people. And here these other people come in, which they had outnumbered, and took them over. There was a few people who still remembered whose parents had taught them what they were supposed to do, but it was a lot of them who didn't, and it wound up getting lost in translation. And then it said there was another group where they paid attention, and they remembered. And and they had acted as intercessors. But we have this stuff where if we take time to learn it, to embrace it, and apply it, then, yeah, it can take the scale off our eyes and it can open up doors. But, again, the devil sit up there and sees you and they want to say, well, yeah, well, you know, I got this person over here they got on where they just talking about them so bad they just ain't got nothing. They, they, they don't even think highly of themselves no more. 
okay, well, I took away that car. I took away this. I, you know, well, I put them in a position where the things were taken away. Okay, and what do we do? So the things that we use, we fall in love with that. But then for the people that surround us, we're supposed to love, but we rather use them as stepping stones. But in the meantime, let you not have your comfort. And the average person will lose their mind. They figure like life's not worth living. What they gonna do? I don't have this. Okay, but guess what? Before they start making it, people survive. You have the stuff that you need to survive. You don't have to be barbaric about it. But that easiness that you thought was so easy, now you see it's hard because now you got to go back to where you had a chance to do all along. And there's no more denying. Thomas, criticism? I have none at this time, my dear. Okay. Did you understand what I was saying? Mm-hmm. Okay. I uh, do have a pepper. Do that to increase and grow. Mm-hmm. You know, they tell us now, you know, try to leave sugar alone. Oh, then, you know, that's a struggle. <laughs> Sugar's and everything. Right. And then they say, well, you know, you know we, 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 when we were kids, uh, I know some of my friends, their parents would buy pop like crazy. My parents, they would buy like one thing of pop. You had to split it. But the rest of your liquid that was going into your body was water. <laughs> okay. Now, my grandfather, when I was younger, he didn't give us candy. He gave us baked sweet potatoes. Okay. Okay, we was like, how come he ain't like everybody else's grandparents and give candy? <laughs> no, he'll give you a, a brown bag with about three or four sweet, baked sweet potatoes in it. <laughs> and what is the one thing they try to get people to eat now? Sweet potatoes. You got all your vitamins in it. Exactly. Now here, he's giving us something that's going to be more nutritious and healthy for our body where we're looking for something that's going to get into us and, you know, it, 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 it tastes good. No um, nutritional value, but it tastes good. Right in the heck out your teeth, but it tastes good. But here you have a baked sweet potato. It's naturally sweet. You bake it right. And it has a whole lot more things to keeping your body going instead of tearing it down. But now, to tell the average person to let sugar go, boy, this almost telling a crackhead, you need to stop doing crack right here now. There's going to be a fight on your hands. Okay, I'm going back on mute. 
Okay. Anybody else got anything? Hey, Sarah. Mm-hmm. You still have the book by you. Do I still have the book by me? I can go downstairs. going to give me a second. Oh, no. No, that's okay. Oh, what's up? No, I just I just wanted to um there was something in that last paragraph that kinda of caught my ear, but I didn't want to comment on it unless I heard it again, just to make sure I heard it right. Okay. No problem, because I'm gonna pray for you anyway. Oh <laughs> what do you say? I didn't say nothing. <laughs> I didn't say nothing. I didn't say nothing. I didn't say nothing. Nope. I didn't say a word, sir. I sure didn't. I know nothing. All right, yeah. All right. All your friends are just like you, Sam. Oh, you are you talking about Dagwood? Yes. What what happened? <laughs> All your friends are just like you, Erica. Y'all like Jamaicans. Remember, uh, off of In Living Color. So I mean, how many jobs you have? <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, you know, you got to do what you got to do. I, I, and I'm not knocking. I just thought it was hilarious. I was like, "Ooh!" I said, "I see why y'all been friends for years." <laughs> Good Lord! <laughs> oh, what did you do? Start laughing? Oh no! I said it to myself. I didn't say it to him. Okay. I said it to myself. Hey, you know, you learn, you make it happen. You figure out how to get it in. Whatever needs to occur. <laughs> Are you ready? Hold on one second. Yes. Our Lord's demand is most meaningful, for it is not true that human affection is tremendously uncontrollable. Without consigning it to the cross and losing it, affection can become a formidable obstacle to spiritual life. Human feeling changes as the world changes. The easy excitement can occasion a saint to lose his spiritual balance. The constant disturbance can affect the believer's peace in the spirit. Do not sorrows, moanings, sighs, and tears use the result from hurt feelings. If the Lord is not preeminent in our affection, he can hardly be Lord in other respects. This is a test of spirituality and a measure of its degree. We must accordingly hate our soul life and refuse his affections to have free reign. The, Lord demands, the Lord's demand differs completely from our natural desires. Most well, love should now be hated. Even the organ which generates love 
our soul life must be aboard as well. Such is the spiritual way. If we verily bear the cross, we should neither be controlled nor influenced by solar affection, but should be fit to love in the power of the Holy Spirit. Even so did the Lord Jesus love his family while on earth. Is that the one you want to hear? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Lord. That just verified what I said earlier about like my situation and you know things going on with me. Basically, you know, trying to deal with how I feel. You know, because like, even sometimes in some Bibles, you'll see feelings and things in italics, you know, and it's just letting you know that those things are, you know, pay attention, that they're not, they're not as important as you think they are, you know, um, you know, and it's like when you do with family and friends. No matter how hard you want to hold on to them, you have to be willing to let them go. I mean, and then when you really look at it, um, even those who don't deal with God make that choice when they come into money. Look at some of the like the basketball players and the and the um. And the, and the movie stars and things like that, they've left money, they've left family and friends behind for success. So God is not asking for anything out of the ordinary. It's just that you might not receive the same wealth and um, what is it, honorable mention as if you were a celebrity but it's still the same it's still the same reasoning. Are you willing to give up your family for your calling? And it's like, you know, that's one of the things too, like, you know, I've always, you know, been where I said, Oh, I should move, I should do this, I should do that but I've always considered, you know, I'm always like, well, what about family? You know, that means I have to be by myself, or I'm, that means I have to do this, or I have to do that. But that's what God is asking outside of, if I tell you to walk away from family and friends, will you do it? You know, and, you know, just kind of, you know, Especially when it's your kids, or if it's your mom and dad, or if it's your brother or sister, it's just kind of like, hmm. Good question. Let me get back to you on that, Lord. Let me get back to you on that. So, yeah, I just, I just had to hear that again. Because I feel like that's like the next, that's like the next choice we're gonna have to make. And I, don't, I don't know if I'm ready to make that choice or not.
What'd you say? What was the last thing you just said? I said all of them were ready to make that choice or not. Uh, you know, between family and friends, you know, between family and being by myself and and stuff like that. It's just kind of like that's scary. Why is it scary? Because um. Because I don't have a um, a large a group of people. I don't have a. I don't have a. Uh, what do you call it? I don't have an entourage. You know, of people in my life. So it's just. It's barely. You know. My sister, I mean, I talk to her every day, but it's barely her. I try not to depend on her too much, and I try not to depend on my, you know, my kids too much and stuff. So if you were to tell me, okay, well, no contact or whatever, it's just like, but I already don't talk to them that much. So... How much more am I supposed to give up? You know, so I don't know. See and see, I'm, I'm, that's, I'm glad you are opening up and talking about it because that's with a lot of people, especially when we're talking about giving up and and God. I mean, yes, but it's deeper. And then the first thing, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid that there you go. Do you need have to say nothing else after you said that? See, we talk about God is there for us and He's always there. He would never leave and forsake us. But if He's truly all you need that we say out of our mouth, then do you really need these other people that are around you? If you are truly walking down a path that God has called you to go and they don't see nor understand it, what can they give to you? Even if they do see and understand it, it can give you moral support and encouragement. But that's about it. Maybe even a little bit of money if that's what's needed. But money a lot of times ain't going to give you truly what's needed. But see, that fear is enlarging that whole loss thing. I don't see him. I need this. I need, and you said I don't even talk to them that often. But still, but that fear. So what if you're not really talking to them often? What do you lose? What do you have to lose? That 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 preconceived or whatever thing I got in my mind. Again, I'm just, all I'm saying is look at how we blow stuff up out of proportion and how fear uses that to keep us stagnant.
Oh, it's 29 degrees outside. I wonder how it's going to be. Blowing it uh, It's a possibility. Okay. It's 35 over here. Oh, okay. <laughs> Send in the Calvary. Somebody help me. <laughs> yeah. oh. Hey. Hey, Sam. Mm-hmm. What you just said sound like for when you get ready to take the training wheels off of a off of a little kid's bike. Right, right, and right. Sure they're not ready. Mhm. And when they go ahead and they go through a couple of bumps and bruises and finally get the concept, and it's like they know they you know then they finally get that they don't need those training wheels. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then they matter of fact they forget about those training wheels. Ain't that right, Morgan? What? Huh? Huh? She wouldn't even remember. I remember when her training wheels came off her bike. She's rolling down there like somebody grab her. She gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just like with Chrissy. My dad tried to keep training wheels on her bike for so long that uh, one day the kids was over at my, one of my sister's house. And um, my dad had brought the bike on out and had training wheels on it. So my sister had asked my dad, why you all still got training wheels on her bike? She said, because she needs them. She hasn't gotten used to having without them yet. She was like, she fooling y'all because she's been riding this bike over here. They ain't got no training wheels. <laughs> and he was like, No, she don't know how to ride. She was she was like What Renee? Huh? You know what you just hit on something? What? <laughs> a lot of us, because when you start riding a bike, the training wheels might not might be on, but when you're really riding you're not even leaning on the training wheels. Right. They're just there as a as a false Right. And, and, and that's how a lot of people, things and stuff in our lives that got that are false support. We think we need them, but we fully our true support needs to be God. So if He has to remove these people from our lives so that we can see that we really didn't need them in the capacity that we thought we need them, and we have to lean more on God. Mm-hmm. See, now you're really getting to the essence of why he's saying, leave your mom and your brother. And he ain't trying to say leave him out in cold, but to get a better understanding and a deeper relationship with him. That's truly what he's trying to get you to see. Because look at the end result. Did Jesus leave his mother on that cross? She said, son, that's your mom. John, that's your mom. Mary, that's your son. He still had compassion toward his mother. Mm-hmm. And the thing of it is, it's down to the point of balancing. Yep. If you're on those two wheels, you're balancing. So it's, it's you, while you're balancing on those two wheels, those trainer wheels ain't, I don't think they're doing it's just being in the air. Alicia, 
I'm here. You ready? That's a beautiful thing. Okay. I'm about to pray for you, dear. So you ready as you can be? Yes, sir. All righty. Well, this is what's going to happen. While I'm praying for you, I want you to pray in the spirit. We're going to be doing a lot of that lately, so just get used to it. Okay. You ready? You let me know when you're ready. Okay. Hold on one Continue to hold her. Continue to let the bomb of God heal. 
Yeah, God, yeah, God, continue to let the word of God enter in you. Let the blood of Jesus just sanctify, purify. Ha, ha, ha. Let your angels begin to speak to her. Not that. Let your angels begin to speak to her. Now, I'm asking you to go around that house. Now, Lord, I'm asking you to go around that house, you got, and let your spirit begin to intensify and remove those things that still are trying to hang out there. Cast them away in Jesus' name. For a new set of angels is coming in. She's beginning to rise up. She's beginning to shake those things off. And now she's going to begin to see. Now, penetrating. Now she's going to begin to see. Now she's going to begin to see. Oh, I release it unto her, Jesus. Mm, just keep speaking in the spirit. The spirit. Now I need you to press. But keep pressing. Keep pressing. Yep, yep, yep. You're touching it. Keep pressing. This is that hard area, that burn area. Keep pressing. Keep pressing. Keep pressing. You talked about weights. Keep. This is that area. Keep pressing. You're going to this. is that burning right now. You got to press your way through this. This is not a time for you to quit. You got to press your way through. Keep speaking. Keep speaking. Keep speaking. Press your way through. There you go, that's Different for you? Mm. <laughs> I 
Okay. Well, how about we just leave y'all that alone right now? Mm-hmm. All righty then. Want prayer next? Mm-hmm. Oh, you want prayer, child? Yes. Yeah, I need prayer because you're not cooperating with me. You don't do what I want you to do when you want nothing, so I need to pray. Oh, did I say that out loud? Oh, I know you're not going to cooperate with me. <laughs> and knowing is half the battle, G.I. Joe says. G.I. Joe. Okay, he's going to drive down the street with him on the trunk and on the hood of the car. And yeah. now he's about to hear a car. All right, that's special. Oh, I think they're actually arguing. Oh, isn't love grand? Yeah, they're actually arguing. Let's see if he's foolish enough to get off the car and stand in front of it. That would be funny. Oh, I'm supposed to be praying for you, right, child? I'm sorry, I got entertained for a minute. Alright, Morgan, you don't go dig around to go say she 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 See, y- y'all see, see, that's, see, okay. But you know what, though, that, 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 that and see, I'm, I, got, I got to talk about this, because, see, that's the reality of stuff, and even in the spiritual arena, you know, and even like what I was talking about with Pam, and, and you know, just getting to that point, this dude's arguing with this girl on the top of a car, and he going, now, she's driving him down the street, and she take off, she slow down, she take off, he don't believe her. And that's the same way these demons and these entities, they don't believe you. That's why you're still there. When I'm talking about life pushing, they, they, they're not believing you. It says that the kingdom of heaven suffered violent and violent taken by force. You can't overcome your situation or circumstances because you're really not believable. You might run off at the mouth, but you're really not standing on anything. That's why you're getting whooped. Okay, I'm back. I'm going to just, you know. How much time we got on this for this phone cut off? I know it's going to cut off in a few minutes. We got about seven minutes left. All right, probably got enough to pray for Morgan. Because, child, I will actually slap you and him. I'm going to just let you know that. Anyway. Rumble Are you going to call back in? Are you, are you guys going to call back in? Yes, we're going to call back in. All right, because I'm in here watching the volleyball game. I'm a PE teacher. So I just wanted to know if I should bother. Okay, bye-bye. All right, Father God, let me pray for Morgan Elise Farley. Oh, now she's going to back up with him on the roof. See what I'm talking about? See, Morgan, see, I, I, I'd I, have to beat you, Morgan. I'm sorry. I had to beat you and him. I would have left the situation and ran him over by now. 
Yeah, see, this this is this is crazy. And he going to sit up with a goofy look on his face. See, 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 you know, mm-mm. <clears throat> see, that's why Alicia shoot people, and that's why people leave me alone, because I didn't know he already crazy. But anyway, she's going to pull back in front of the house. Really? Mm-mm, no. My neighbor ran over her husband. You said what? I said my neighbor ran over her husband. <laughs> well, see, there you go. So now, so now he gonna try to open the door. See, and this is when she normally gets hit. He need to, she need a floor glass. See, I'm talking about just, just stupidity. She's something. I bet you won't do that again. Oh, he'll do it again. Why? Because she left him. Uh huh. That's that's the whole problem. Well, who was that said, Lady Pell? I think that's Lisa. People treat you how you let them treat you. Exactly. So what part did you play in it? Anyway, see, I ain't got me all discombobulated. <laughs> well, I wish hey, Erica hey. was on here right now. <laughs> well, hey, my neighbor, she got tired of her husband coming home drunk. Because if he come home drunk, he get the fat mouthing. He came home one night by fat mouthing. She said she's about to remove herself from the situation, got a key, and he had a deuce and a quarter. So she went and got into the car. This idiot went and stood in front of the car and told her that she didn't have the heart to do it. She turned on the car. He said, you still ain't got the heart to do it. Next thing you heard was, boom. Put it in park. She went in, called the police, called the paramedics. <laughs> okay. So, we all sit here looking like, wow. And yep. so now he lost the use of his legs because so he's in a wheelchair. Oh, wow. She she got him good. So in the meantime, they're still together. So in the meantime, one day she was leaving out to go to the store, and he came out in a wheelchair still fat mouthing. We was like, man, would you just hush? One of his friends said, man, would you just hush? Carrie put you in a wheelchair. Oh, she ain't dead, but she thinks she is. She said, you know something, don't worry about it. Because at least now he's got a got his disability check coming into the house. And she went on about her business. Okay. Now, in the meantime, he still has to depend on her to a certain degree for food and, and, and to help him out to get around. Yep, yep, yep. So we just gonna have to call back in for this one. Yeah, probably so, child. You can blame your neighbors for it. That's all them youngsters are living in the house that the one that <laughs> crossed the yellow house right across the street and then next to the vacant lot. Oh. Oh wait, I thought you were looking at something on T. This is actually happening. Oh yeah, yeah, this is actually all right. No, this is actually <laughs> Oh my gosh. Lord have mercy. Okay. And my neighbor went there. He said it's nothing. Because I see it says nothing but literally these are like teenagers. And he said the house is just torn up. They got two floors. So I don't know how, you know, it's been whatever. But he said the whole house is torn up. They don't even have furniture. You know, they got, I like see like two blinds in the windows. But, you know, whatever. I got my oh. own. No, this is actually, this is actually happening in front of me as I was looking at. No, I wasn't TV. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Are they legally in the house? 
Uh, yeah, I guess they're renting it. I mean, they've been there for a few months. Okay, because I know there was a house over in Harvey, like around the corner from the church. They, uh, it, was some, it was some people squatting there. Uh-huh. And one of the guys, he was being uh, belligerent towards one of the women, and she didn't want to be bothered with him. So what he does, he do, he goes back and towards the house. <laughs> so not only did he not only did he have her out back out on the street, but everybody else that lived there too. That was squatting there. Yeah, that's my my cousin when I got the crack house on the list, that's a house directly across from her. They done took it over. And made it into a crack house. Why? Uh-huh. They tried that's what they tried <laughs> to do with my building on ninetieth street. They went in there, they had changed the locks and put it on, their own lock box. What the hell? Oh. Oh, well, yeah. I'm your cousin. Some of, got, some of them got smart enough for where they started ridding them out to other people. Oh, uh, no, that sounds like Deborah's brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds like him. He called them bandos. This episode is made possible by PWC. It's getting hot out here. Moving the mercury can help move your business. PwC helps turn sustainability theory into real-world action. Reduce your carbon footprint while increasing transparency in net-zero commitments. Start with reporting to identify your climate risks and reinvent your business. Create a more sustainable business and a stronger planet. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com.